Thursday Nissan episode 211 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the prof Carl Riley. Alright Gary, have you checked your Resolute this morning? Check me Resolute, they changed the name, yeah I actually made 10 euro on Resolute today through that little uh, polka dot Bitcoin carry on, but I'm going to keep me shares prof and I'll sort you out, I'll pay, I'll pay off the mortgage when it, when it goes through the roof. Good old Resolute. Go down resolute, yeah. So, um, of course, we are still sponsored by fantastic Ocean Electrical who look after us left, right, and centre. They are brilliant doing things. I think they're up to now 11 cars of their fleet, 11 vehicles on the road out doing electrical things and uh, going from strength to strength. Kind of like Rovers, really. They are the Rovers of the electrical world. Um, and of course, that's a credit. Um, that's a credit. They've got your back. <laughs> Sorry, prof. I, just, I don't know what I'd say anymore. That's fine. Yeah, that's a credit. Google them and uh, check them out and if you need a loan or anything like that off our financial services provider check them out so it's Nets Credit they've got you're back <laughs> so we, we are going to have our Dairy Away review which neither of us were at Brandywell Snobs Prof and there's part 2 of the Tifty's Hotline Overseas Supporter Edition with Carlton from the USA Mexico and Australia so possibly a Hungarian expert later to preview our Europa League playoff round tie with Fedin Vados and um, who knows, yeah, hopefully they get back to you. A lot of people dodging your prof. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I, I like, I'd rather, you know, there's, isn't there etiquette when it comes to podcasts and journalists alike, whereas there's certain things you do and there's certain things you don't do, like ask for £45 for a 10 minute interview. Mm-hmm. You don't do it. Well, that's why we ended up with your man last week or two weeks ago because the main journal in North Macedonia asked for a fee so we ended up with this guy he wasn't actually a journalist by the way just some guy I found on Twitter he was a researcher for football manager that's the only job (laughs) I knew about him and um, yeah I did invite him back on and he seemed open to it initially but then he kind of just made excuses and I was just like yeah he's not coming back on so Mr. 4-1 in aggregate Mr... Expect 13,000 fans. Expect 200 away ultras. 200 ultras. Uh, he got got quite a few things wrong. Yeah, but there you go. Uh, so, yeah, there'll either be uh, an empty slot in this show later on because I didn't get an interview. Or you'll hear one randomly inserted in into the show with no setup. Yeah. Um, and I'll be our little review of Vintage Vados. Yes, so that is it. And, um, yeah, Pat's European second leg prof. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Last week, um, but Argy Bargy in the home of football, Tala Stadium. Um, some I of those the clips, second half actually. Some of those clips were hilarious. Your man picking up the sunglasses that were thrown at him. Ah, and it's ridiculous. But unfortunately, there was some unsavoury scenes towards the end, and I think there was some racist abuse of players. It was just 
just not it's in life in general it just shouldn't shouldn't exist yeah so. and Pats fans are liking Cotter so far uh, aside from the penal miss uh, he had a great debut so they seem to be liking him but then uh, this is obviously very nasty he was he was racially abused um, I think one or two players were as well so there was um, a bit of a bit of madness on the which I did only found out about today um, Joseph Anyang refused to board the plane before the Siska away game unless his loan deal was terminated that's nuts isn't that nuts so he pretty much he was like he was derby were in from, and I think being on loan was obviously possibly scuppering it. So apparently he said, "Yeah, I will not step on that plane until I get what I want." So he, apparently they just said, "Yeah, you'll be gone after this." So they signed Danny Rogers. Uh, I think you could say experience, experienced goalkeeper who was playing in the Scottish league. So some of our uh, Celtic ex- uh, extraordinaires out there could probably tell us a little bit about me might have played in the force and the, uh, the Premier Division so it's a strange one isn't it imagine having that drama before it's like and then he was the hero <laughs> yeah it's like the aviation version of uh, the Cork players not getting on the bus to Tala until they got, until they got paid us, yeah they bet us two all that way Billy yeah. Dennehy Billy Dennehy see the way Pat's uh Decorated the Tata Stadium with their red and white stuff on the walls. Oh, no, yeah. Dundalk always do that as well. They they write yeah. they write over the Rovers signs. We would, signs well. we would yeah. do it. I mean, we don't, obviously don't yeah. have that problem anymore. But it you kind of have to. You can't have a Rovers crest there. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it amused me how they just put white sheets over the nineteen. I know and they weren't long enough either. <laughs> yeah. You just see nine creeping out at the bottom. Yeah. Of it. Surprised they didn't paint the seats red as well. Mm. Um. So RT showed the second leg of that game. Uh, the one in Tata, not error game. And your man, the head of Spartan on, of, of RTE, if you, if you notice him on Twitter, he's replying to people. He's actually replying to like random yeah. strangers. Have they got real names or are they these bots? Or <laughs> Joe Bloggs 87, 94. Yeah. So what's, what, have you got an example? Um, I only saw one or two. Going so Staunch guy, man, though, am I right? Well, you heard that interview with him on um, LOI Central last year. I thought he was a bit defensive at times. And the fact that he's talking to regular Joes on Twitter, that's not a good sign, I don't think. I don't think so either. Not, not in the position that he's in, anyway. It just seems... Uh, he says they've, they're following policy, but it sounds to me like they're moving the goalposts, you see. The phrase was, we follow the champions. And now that's become, we follow the champions as long as they're in the Champions League. And then we look at other options. Moving the goalposts is exactly what they're doing. And following the champions and well, following guidelines, you are the head of sport. I'm guessing he makes the guidelines. And he can bend mm. those guidelines in whatever way he see, he feels fit. Do you know what I mean? So, like mm. you said, cop out and the goalposts are being moved. The wall, I can't remember which game was now. There was one game that clashed with the women's Euros semi-final. That was pointed out months in advance. That's fine. I will say that that is not a priority for Irish viewers. Let's be honest. If you're going to call a spade a spade. But if they have that slot put out in advance, that's okay. But Who's going to be up on if, arms if, if, if that Sweden and Germany women's semi-final doesn't get shown? But it is a bit mental that... And that's not, that's not in any way trying to belittle women's football. I'm saying in general. like It's, it's a totally random... We should be putting the Irish sports... Mm. On before well, whatever you think about a women's international tournament versus League of Ireland clubs in Europe, this was a chance for a League of Ireland club to qualify for a group stage for only the fourth time ever. 
But um, yeah, they showed the past game. Um, as it turns out, the LOI TV stream got record figures. Yep. And um, it was all, if you're listening to Gareth and LOI Central, it was all decided very, very late. Like he had to move things around last minute. He didn't know he was coming. Running around out school roads yeah. and training and all sorts. And thankfully, they did. Virgin Media announced that they would show all of our group games, whether it's Europa League or Commerce League, whichever. That's a can. real TV network, prof. You know what I mean? Yep. A real TV network. Well, don't don't speak too soon. I hope we don't get all six o'clock kickoffs because oh, that would not be ideal. Well, we well they'd have no say in that either, though, would they? Am I right? Um, it's all down to UEFA, realistically. Is right, it all down to UEFA? Ah, the TV shows wouldn't have a. But TV channels wouldn't have a say in that whatsoever. Any networks. I doubt it. Think about it. They'd go well, say, well, we want this game on earlier because it might sue us. I doubt it. Remember remember the Slava and Bratislava game last year? RD asked us to put it at 5 o'clock. Mm, yeah. It's the only maybe. way they'd be willing to show it. Be interesting. We'll see what happens. I'm sure one of our TV experts out there could give us mm-hmm. give us the lowdown on that. Yeah, so proper Aviva chat last week. Left on the cutting room floor. This on the cutting room floor, this one, yeah? Yeah, we, I, I checked the timer on it. We delved for a good five minutes. Like, we talked, we just to, t- to give you a bit of an insight on it, we talked about why it'd be moved, what the reason would be behind it. If we went to the board level, we went in to see why they, why they would change it. Mm. If it's monetary, we said we'd be totally, totally against it. We're against it no matter what. We don't want the game to be moved. It's simple. Mm. And we were talking about that if it was done by the powers that be, was it them conceding defeat in a tough group against bigger opposition and just taking mm. the money? And we were going down all sorts of well, rabbit we holes. We were getting ahead of ourselves. <clears throat> in fairness, Mark Lynch went to RT and he said that the meetings with the FBI and UEFA is part of a bigger picture and they their preference is to have the games in Tata. So people were panicking a little bit. So let's wait until we see what happens on that one but yeah we're just waiting on Mark Lynch to clear it up yeah obviously uh, we want them at Tada for so many reasons but we have a better chance of getting results but just in saying that like think about how rubbish it would be oh the bar still is cheering the other team imagine sitting beside some fucking Egypt cheering on the other team like you don't you couldn't it's, it just takes hmm. away from the whole occasion plus I know the FA Cup final is there but that's different that's different altogether this it can't mm. be it has to be Tala Tala or nothing I never went to that Liverpool friendly I couldn't stomach it do you remember your man remember your man with the Liverpool hat and the Celtic hat it was the oh, same yeah, thing this... I think my dad said he knew him he goes I know him <laughs> I know him I remember Burst now laugh <laughs> of course you do I still oh. I actually have that on my desktop I found it in a folder I was delighted I was like it's, one, it's genuinely one of my favourite photographs of all time I'm including like Childhood memories, <laughs> including like family photo albums. That uh, is in my top three photographs <laughs> of all time. He's so he's so staunch. He's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, follow about him. The, and the face on him as well. I was like, yep, yeah, this is normal. <laughs> yeah, but the Aviva chat. I was on the courtroom room floor, and uh, it is. It was a good a good chat. Um, yes, but we move on to Carl's Bradzerstat and the tweet that he put out into the universe. There, eleven wins out of twenty five in Europe compared to the other LOI managers in the top. Four, and this was boiling a bit of piss as well. I think, prof. Well, I just they're facts. That you that, was, my facts, that was the top four. You can prove out my facts. And you know what? Do you know who you know? You've made a great tweet. Like I got a lot of likes in that one. I got I think 150 plus likes in that one. You know how you you've got a hit tweet? How? 
It's when all the replies are shy. You know my pin tweet on Twitter. It's uh, it was that headline in the that lo- burglary one? in that local <laughs> local paper. Yeah, Tala tops burglary league. Ta- sorry, let me say again. Tala tops burglary league, and I said nothing won in <laughs> September. Still early days. All the replies, right? Well, not not all, but a lot of them. Tell were, us no, were people making jokes not as funny as mine. Yeah. Just hundreds and hundreds. And then when I put this one up, what did I get replies of? Culchies. Fans of Sligo saying, yeah. Oh, John Russell, four out of six. That's, that's stupid. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my tweet. Top four, you're forgetting here, lads. Top four. Top four. You just dwell in the middle of the table there, lads. Yeah, so Prop Boyle and Pistol Twitter. And the Rovers play the years. Talk is starting already, Prop. Um, there's three players. And it's Manus, Hor, and Gaffney. No one else. Manus, Couple of Manus, Hor, and Gaffney. Manus, Hor, and Gaffney. Who else? I think Gary O'Neill Gary should O'Neill's be up there. in the picture. Gary O'Neill is in the picture, yeah. That's a bit harsh, actually. Who else? Um... Grace could possibly be, but he's just lagging behind slightly, I think. Pico was well on his way until Pico the injury. Pico was well on his way until the injury, but um, yeah. I think if there was going to be a shortlist on Twitter, it'd have to be Gary O'Neill, Hor, Manus, Gaff. Every position. <laughs> Goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, striker. That's a perfect sweep. I love how just a certain time of year... The, it just starts to come up it's when we feel we've torn a potential yeah. corner isn't it someone will make a post and say he's my player of the year and then the debate will start but obviously it's, it's it. not clear cut though that's the thing we've just had a significant moment of the season we've just reached the group stage Yeah. like we said last week there's only 11 games left in the season so suddenly this is we're in the run in um, it's kind of snug up on us but there it is right so we have Alan Eustis prof he sent us a message a while back that he that we missed. Heard you talking about pets named after Rovers on the pod today. We have a, a cat named Gary Paw. He used to have a budgie named Trevor Malloy. And my uncle and auntie have a dog named Twiggy. A round up the fans. Hoops team pets would be a great feature on the pod. Ah, we've loads now. Kaz Connolly has Pigo. Mm-hmm. We have a few others with Pigo. Pigo's very popular. Ken yeah. Barrett had a, had a cat called Twiggy. We have Dave with his cat called Pigo. Pico, yeah, it is. It's natural, isn't it? Um, yeah, so send us in your cat's names and your dog's names. Preferably dogs, because Prof's cat is still eyeing me up every time. <laughs> it's adopted a new approach now, where I walk in the door and the cat's just at the perch at the top of the stairs just eyeing me. She's not impressed me. See, what Looking, happens is... Knowing I'm coming. See, you knock on the window, which she finds very suspicious. She doesn't know what that noise is. Yeah. And then you come in and she's like, what's this? She's like, I am gone. To slash his vocal cords <laughs> eventually. Who's he think he is knocking on the window? But I was talking to me ma about this the other day. I was like, ma, cats have no loyalty. And Maya was Maya, my daughter Maya was saying they do, they do have loyalty. I was like, that cat. Your my, daughter is smarter than you. My my ma has now that. got a cat, right? But that's someone else's cat. So she thinks that cat is coming in. She's like, oh, there's Kitty. I'm gonna feed it. Kitty stay there a few hours. Fuck off back to its actual house get fed again do you know what don't they do that they do that with like four I'd say there's four different families out there who thinks that's their cat and it has four different names 100% and do you know whose fault that is the humans the humans fault of course the humans are the idiots there 
What do you do on feeding already fat cats? It's obviously <laughs> owned by somebody. Fat cats. This cat just waltzes in, t- takes the milk, takes the nibbles or whatever the fuck you feed cats, sardines, and just goes off to the next house. Anyway, Mr. Conroy there, Gerda. Yes, Mr. Conroy. So, and on that note, of course, we do have voice notes from the one and only Jim Conroy about pet names and the other one on last week's show as well. So we learned them back to back now. Hi, Jim Conroy here. Just uh, a little doggy story. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's kind of it's a, it's a tradition for for fans of different clubs to call call their dogs after their great players, and that it's it's quite common, isn't it? But uh, I remember, in fact, nowadays, like Martin Janocki has Twiggy, his dog, and great friend of mine, Martin. But he loves his dog. He loves Twiggy. But back in the mid eighties, my brother Mick, now he he named his dog Jody, after. One of our one of our finest keepers ever, the great Jody Bourne. So he, he called his dog Jody. Now one day we end up to a reserve game in Milltown, and we're standing behind the goal. And Mick brought the dog with him, and we were behind the goal in Milltown, and it, it was Milltown Road end. And of course the dog was free to run around. There wasn't many of us there, but but who ends up standing beside? near very near us but jody Bourne was at the game you know so make a course he, he was the dog we run around he was very careful not to call the dog by his name he didn't want to cause any any embarrassment or anything like that but those who remember the, the milltown road and there was a little gate there was a little gate that separated the reserved and non-reserved terraces and then of course the dog eventually i don't know he pushed it open himself and he ran out and as is natural mick kind of panicked and what did he do? He forgot himself and he shouts out, Come back here, don't run out on that road, Jody, you little fucker. And it was so funny. And there's Jody Bourne, the great goalkeeper, stood, he just stood there. We didn't, we, oh God, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't know where to look. But it ended up anyway, I did have a look at Jody's face and it was priceless. In fact, Mick's, Mick's face was even better. But it's just, it's just one of those. Um, Silly kind of happy little stories from 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 years ago that 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 are you kind of well we we remember it I remember it well I wonder if Jodie Bourne remembers it. Keep on hoping, everyone. Hi, Karen and Gary. What a week that was! European glory and a good result in Derry. And a man is covering himself in glory in both games. It was a wonderful week. But my highlight of the week. Was, was nothing to do with that at all. Mine was Gary Parsons with the best analogy of a footballer I've ever heard. Gary compared Gary O'Neill to the late Padre Pio. Now, I laughed at first, but then I had a good think about it because it is claimed that Padre Pio had the power of bilocation, which means that he could be he could appear in two different different places at the same time. And on more mature reflection, I thought, like Gary O'Neill has been brilliant with us in midfield over the last few years, and sometimes I'd think there's two Gary O'Neills, there's two of him on the actual pitch. Maybe Gary Parsons got it right. I know Gary's a bit wacky, but I think this time maybe he did get it right. In fact, he probably got it 100% right. Regards to all, and keep on hooping. Yeah, so Padre Pio, 
Yeah, Padre Pio playing centre mid. Never thought, never thought him was a centre mid. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a real old school thing, Padre Pio. Though, like I mean, yeah. I grew up going down to Sperrin Road. My granddad be sitting there doing horses and race and fucking race horses and doing crosswords, and you'd look up to be a fucking picture of him on the wall, you know, <laughs> with a little candle beside it, and I'd be, and they'd always go, Padre Pio, the hero, he could do this, he could do that, he could do it all. I was thinking, fucking Gary O'Neill can do it all. Well, your comparison made quite the impression on Jim Conroy <laughs> there, it. even though he thinks you're wacky. Wacky, I think that's that's one of the nicest things I've been called, to be honest. <laughs> Especially this past week. Yeah, yeah, in particular. Yeah, so big Jim, and uh, great to have him on again. So we'll go on to the Brandywell Prof and uh, sold out allocation. And me and you were snobs this week, couldn't get up. And I have to say, I'm struggling this year. Uh, I've missed, jeez, i missed five... Six games at least this year, and it's just the new. No, not I know we can, we all have excuses now. The new roster and stuff like that, and getting used to a new position and work. But mm. I'm not liking it, and I'm like I like that I'm not liking it. Do you know what I mean? It's affecting me. You're not you're not comfortable with the LOI not TV com- stream. Not comfortable at all with this situation. Mm. So I've experienced it. Now I don't like it. I'm gonna move on. I, I miss on average three away games per year. I think this is the first time I've gone over three. I'm at four now. And I was I was look I was counting up the games I've missed. All terrible performances. Yeah, you were telling and me. And score lines. We scored one goal out of the four and that was Rory Gaffney's goal out of nowhere in Baddy Buffet. The other one was two nil all draws and the one nil defeat. But um We had a good yeah. mob going up as well, like prop for you, so props staying away. Well is that a good thing or a bad thing? So when you go, so we actually have to get you to more games. We get you to every away game now because we we're fucking we're doing. So I'm a good look chairman. Yes, there we go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So um, we uh, we the mob from the Royal Pro the Rings end heading out from the IH. Good um, minibus heading out from there. I think the Gary Twig went. Hoops SC went. I heard the Hoops SC morphed into an astrology session on the way home. There was all sorts being adorned that in the sky or recording the full moon <laughs> recording the full moon um, uh, meanwhile on the ho- on the uh, the Rings End minibus they had a good chant going a good Grease song a lot of songs are born in Rings End I'll give them that along with Legends but um, yeah so great crowd from that and like we spoke about before I think it was a post by Polly McGrath maybe or someone along the lines of that ilk on the, the Rovers chat saying fair play to anyone who's going to everything it's it's great to see, like, I mean, you'd have to like some Maloney Dangerous Dave, all these guys who actually get to away games in Europe and they're travelling to Derry and stuff like that. That is some dedication. It's deadly. Uh, it really is. I love to see Macedonia, Brandywell, three days. I want, that's, that's it's great down. to see and we hope it continues as well. And we do try and do it ourselves. But sometimes you just can't get out of things, man. Sometimes you just can't. Like, for... I, I was uh, I was in a toy for the... The away game, the away game. But I would have loved to have been in the IH. But sometimes you have family events and you just say, Do you know what, take it on the chain. I don't want an earful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was saying to you, we could potentially play 57 games in all competitions this it's season. Nuts, isn't it? Including packing 24 between now and early November. That's a lot of games to come. Yeah, definitely, man. It's a lot. And like I said, we have three more away days now. Uh, we have to get to one of them. We're definitely getting to one of them. Well, will the will they keep the slide going on a Saturday at least? I hope that's what I'm hoping. October first, yeah. Tifty's bus will probably be on for that. But in saying that, I'd like to be able to. I want to get on the Pride Rings end as well, though. I want to go from mm. the OH. 
Let's see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens because I like the IH. Well, I'm booked on the Black Express for Drahad in the Cup because I'm definitely not a Cup snob, but we've, no. we've, established, <laughs> we've established that. But, um, so our starting 11, Gar? Yes, starting 11. We've, um, they started a couple of new signings. Ours, Farouk's starting was a bit of a surprise for me. No, I thought that was pretty obvious. He, oh. had, to, he had to make a couple of changes. Yeah, I think I think it's down to legs, isn't it? It's down to tiredness mm. and legs. Um, they had a couple of new signings. Conley, who's, I like him, thinks he's a good player. He was with Dundalk. He's very good with them. Started with them. Um, Declan Glass, new player, signed in. Smashing, smashing player. Yeah, he's he's made a breakthrough to the first team there for Derry. But he ran his socks off in fairness now he was shattered. He was certainly a pain in their defence. But you know what I noticed that Bradzer could see right through what Devine was trying to do with the playing him in that position, so <laughs> Anyway, Cabo in the centre midfield, that was the big call. Oh, we've talked about this. I Hashtag Bradzer listens. We've talked about playing him here plenty of times. Bradzer could or uh, Cabinet could play in the ten. He play left back, play centre. He could play everywhere. Do you know what I mean? But there was, yeah. wor- there was. He's one of those annoying people who can play seven different instruments. Yeah, and you, can- <laughs> and you can't even master one. He's like the one man band man, yeah. and he has the 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 fucking mouthpiece, the mouth organ, <laughs> and he has everything attached to his knees. So when he's walking, he's playing drums, and he's playing banjo, and he's got all sorts <laughs> going on. I can see another Jim Connery voice now coming here. <laughs> he's hanging on your every the one man band man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Frugge and Lyons wing backs. Uh, Gannon was in the in the three. Um, just some notes on the stream. This was the bluest game I have ever seen. Did you see that bluey colour? I was struggling with the stream. I, I couldn't fucking. That was filmed the war at some yeah, point. Yeah, it was. It was acting about bollocks. And have you watched back the highlights? Yeah, yeah. Saw it on Twitter, YouTube, yeah. did they were they horribly blurred for you? Um, they were terrible for me. And it might have been a connection where I was possibly, but Jesus. No, were, no, it was for everybody. It, it improved in the second half. I don't know what they what they tweaked, but it was better. But well, hold on, we're not pronouncing it right. Sean Kiavana. I was gonna say that. Kiavana, <laughs> Kiavana. It's it's like they have a wah pedal stuck to their mouth. Like now, like wow, Kiavana. It's like it's a full on key. Yeah, Kiavana. they totally take the A out of it. It's gone. Now the A is kind of still there, but there's an key first of all. Well, it's like it's like a yeah. So they put two E's in before the A. Yeah. Key Avana. <laughs> and I have to say, Declan Levine does have coleslaw in his mouth constantly. I was listening to it after, and I was like, he is one hundred percent got <laughs> food in his cheeks. And what's their obsession with coleslaw in particular? I don't know because I just. It's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> it sounds like he's got coleslaw slapping around. I don't know, it's random. Um, I do like coleslaw. We'll talk about... Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're not a coleslaw fan? No. Ah, oh, prof. What Get my, out of there. One of my most hated foods. Love a different type of coleslaw. This is a tangent now. We usually go on one of these. Sriracha coleslaw. Give me like a like a spicy coleslaw. All these sorts of mad coleslaws. Eat them all day. All day. Right, Prof. So, yeah. With Lions, wing-back and Farouja. So, pace all day on their wings, in fairness. And Gannon in the tree, which I, I absolutely adore having Gannon in that tree. But it's 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 like picking one of your children. Who you, who do you love the most? Do you know what I mean? Like, we've got so far brilliant centre-halves. How do you how do you do it? You know what I mean? Um, Gannon in the tree as well in the first half. I felt, the, I thought Kavanagh should have had a little bit more purchase on that shot. 
that was dragged back. That was second half actually. Second that half that was shooting our, into di- sorry, apologies. That was our first shot on target I, yeah. in the game, I believe. Um our first half we weren't we were okay I suppose. Uh, Brad just said we were very good first half and then we had to dig in second half. I don't know if I'd agree with that <laughs> review. Uh I don't think I wouldn't say use the word good for any part of this performance really, mm. except from the defending. Brad's I can't turn around and say we were rubbish when we got a draw open the brand new well mm. we're looking at the football purely he's taking everything into account he's behind the scenes he's looking at absolutely everything that goes on travelling this and that logistics and he's he's obviously happy I thought our defending was brave and intelligent in the second half yeah but we weren't like we didn't really but we were knackered the levels but we're knackered like it's yeah. it's beyond yeah when mm. you think of it like that well for for most notable incident until the penalty was Tackled by Sean Gannon, which was wild. Uh, I thought he was gone. I, I, thought, th- I thought it was the straight I red. I can't believe he got away with it. Um, it's Paul McLaughlin, which does explain this ridiculous penalty decision. What's what? What was the penalty about? His hands weren't even up. He was falling backwards. Possibly it did it even touch his hand? Pulled down. If anything, it's free out for us. I watched this about 10, 12 times in a row, and I can still mm. not make out any contact. According to the man himself, he admits to the ball grazing his fingertips. But he's fallen back. His hand is in a strange stretch position. He looks like he kind of gets knocked out. Yeah. So, you're, so you can argue, like, why is his hand there at all? But it could be a foul, I don't know. Do you remember Snatch the movie? There's a bit in it where Brad Pitt is in and he's bare knuckle boxing and he gets uppercutted and then it goes slow motion and he falls into like water into a different scene and his arms are rigid his legs are rigid he just goes up and down that's the way he <laughs> fell it was like he was knocked out but if you're if you're a ref though how can you see how can you be sure there was contact there that's the thing like he said grazed and refs making decisions like that oh I don't know it's brave or is it stupid because if you if you don't see it like I'll be honest I think there was a decision when I was refing in the five side I think Carl Cairns nearly got his face taken off by like a drop kick and I had just been looking the other way it was like, like something shiny fucking or seagull was going by and I was like oh look at that and I realised Gary you're refing a match here <laughs> squirrel you have to, yeah exactly yeah like what Garth said on, on that always central I, I fucking saw some cre- creature and uh, everyone was like is that not free and I was like no 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 play on play. and I said to Carl I said I didn't see that <laughs> he goes fucking red card like. so you can't see it and you can't give yeah. it but he I don't know this is McLaughlin we're talking about though he has given some mad decisions I wouldn't call it mad now but I like, we like I had, I watched the replay this five times and I'm like I don't see any contact there so how can you say in the moment that's a handball he took his time as well it took, oh he took an age it took five seconds yeah that's a long time for a penalty show and how many penals has here's here's some stats who is our most prolific penalty giver aware I think it could be Grace. Give her a wire. Could it be Grace? Pico, maybe? I suppose, including the one where McLaughlin... Uh, Clark and Grace. Gave him a penalty for the ball hitting Grace in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, and then the penalty. Uh, patching steps up. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's one of the worst penalties you'll ever see. Well, there was a debate about this, actually. A lot of people are thinking it wasn't a bad penalty. It was a good save by Manus. He, I think, like... If that like someone made a good point on Twitter that if, we, if that rolls into the corner he looks genius you know what I mean, hmm. but 
I would never take a penalty like that. Because now someone else has ammo to kind of say to you, what the fuck did you do that for? Whereas if you put your foot through it and you're trying to bury it, no one can turn around to you and say, oh, what the fuck did you do that for? You could, like You're going to just say, okay, listen, I tried to bury it. Whereas with this, he was trying to be cute, trying to roll it into the bottom corner. You're automatically giving the keeper a chance. Am I right? As a right footer, he's absolutely telegraphed where he's putting. And then he stops, which gives Al even more time. Yeah. It's an awful penalty. He he genuinely makes that 70-30 in Al's favour there mm. because he rolls it on the ground which immediately gives the keeper an advantage. In my opinion, if you're not putting pace on a penalty and you're putting it low onto the ground the way he rolled that, you're giving the keeper an advantage. Why do it? Why give the keeper an advantage in any way? Like if there had been a tiny bit of pace on that and a little bit more direction, that could have clipped off his finger and went in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hate those penalties. Well, we can add this to the Carl was wrong about Alamanis section, which, yeah, which is yeah, ex- expanding yeah. every week. Totally outside them as well, let's be honest. And see, the, see him taking the piss out of him? He yeah, imitated him. He did the fucking belly box shuffle. <laughs> Something I did not notice at the time. I didn't see it either. But then when I watched it back, it was hilarious. Absolutely taking the piss out of him. Uh, like So this season, we've seen Al get the crowd gone. Yep. Was that? I think it was Daily Mount. Turned into the South Stand. No, it was in the South Stand as well another time. It was Daily Mount actually. It was a Daily Mount one. And the South Stand as well. We've seen him like lift the hands up getting the crowd gone. Never seen him that before. Never. We've seen him taking the piss out of an opposition player. We've seen him be almost man of the match in a European game. Our goalkeeper. Yeah. I can't wait in a game to that, 40 man. In a game that we won <laughs> and scored three goals in. We've seen him provide an assist before the assist with a gap punt. Yeah. This is some roll call for Alan Manis this <laughs> season, isn't it? And we're talking about, like, these are all things that he's done this season. like, And he's saving penals in-game. Mm-hmm. Up on our, our title rivals in a top-of-the-table clash. He saved one last year in Bratislava. Until then, remember how angry I was at him for never saving, never getting near penals. Yeah, what did you what did you say to me in the points? <laughs> yeah. Fucking not getting near this. I was like, watch him go the wrong way. <laughs> oh, but that's the thing about that's the thing about Rovers when you're wrong about something and things go well. You, you, I love eating my words. Oh, without it, a doubt, yeah. Because it means that we're being successful. But that's one thing we will do, though. We'll if we're wrong, yeah. we'll put our hands up and we'll say. No that's problem. one thing I can't understand. I won't name names, but certain certain uh, people on Twitter, they would rather be right than. See Robert successful. Yeah, yeah, they're I get so you. grumpy. Yeah, yeah, they, they're like they won't admit and just say, "Oh well, Alamanis has actually progressed in his elder years as a keeper," than say, like they'd rather they'd rather just say, "Okay, right, well, I'm not." It'd wrong. probably be more so Bradzer than it would be yeah, individual yeah. players. But um, yeah, like, what like what the Bradzer's critics have left, like seriously, what ammunition have they got left? Have they got anything? And we have to find out the biggest ones. Who are the biggest ones? A head case Malone, who gets everything wrong. I saw an old tweet by I think it was a Bowes fan in May. Uh, poor record in Europe. <laughs> How's that holding up, buddy? What about your man, <laughs> your man Jerry Malone? Isn't it? He yeah. came out with a cracker as well. What was it Nathan Shepard? Apparently, Rovers are interested. <laughs> yeah. Will never sign for us. If you just imagine the shortlist of goalkeepers, just cross him off now. Yeah, he will never don the hoops. No. Yeah, so the second half as well, probably was all uh, hands to the pump. This there was a couple of scary, hairy moments here. 
The post, the one that hit the post, my God. Um, well, before we get to chances, Jack came on very early. Only six minutes into the half. Yeah. So we would already make a change and didn't, not, nothing went for him, let's be honest. He gave the ball away a lot. But did, he's, did we call this though, am I right? He's, not, he's obviously no match sharpness whatsoever, so you can't blame him really. Before their chances was the Kievana. Uh, <laughs> this was a side foot on his left foot, on his good <sighs> foot and all. You'd expect him all day to bury it, wouldn't you? Straight into Mara's hand. And like I said, I think that was our first shot on, on goal, or at least on target. And then they made two subs, and suddenly you could see the shift in the game. Yeah, they did injection of pace, wasn't it? Injection of pace, yeah. So Duffy, Duffy came on. Yeah, we Duffy coming on. Duffy, top of the Duffy one first, and um, lovely ball in. And what a fucking save! Let's just once again say it to Big Al. This is Duffy's own goal. He's now sure. He's now I appreciate shy. the save more and more the more I watched it. Unbelievable! This is a super. Took a save. bobble, didn't it? Yeah. Took a bobble just before he tipped it around the post. It's one of those I wish I had another angle of. I'd love yeah. to see maybe more central or... Or what about the, our angles? The other side. Our south stand angles. Yeah. The ones that are from, let's say, down the corner. I think this him. angle is not doing it justice. This is a, this is a brilliant, brilliant save. Brilliant, brilliant save. And once again, he keeps us in it. So, so think about... Duffy had only come on. He nearly scored immediately. Um, I think we're pushing Al into top, top <laughs> place for player of the year here. Normally when your goalkeeper wins the award, you've had a shocking season. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's relegation <laughs> but, um, fodder. So then only six minutes after that uh, was the one where they hit the post. Uh, Green, is that his name? Green f- for... No, Green for Derry. Was there a Green with him? Um, I didn't catch his name now, but he, he was played through on the right side, just inside the box, and he couldn't have done anything else. Couldn't have done anything, anything differently. Side footed perfectly off the inside of the post, uh, so that was a big let off. Yeah, big let off. All six and seven in the box then, and um, yeah, so it moved on, and we just held out. That was it. You, I mean, we brought, legs, on, um, we brought on Cleary. Um, were we still were we still three or five two at this stage? Because we think we had four centre backs on the pitch. I I tell you, just guys, get on um, there and keep us a clean sheet. I tell you, that's what it so was. So we were under serious pressure the last. 30 35 minutes. Uh, McJana, who is he is lethal from corners, he's, God, he? he scored from a lot of set pieces last Fucking season. Length of him. Uh, he, he scored nearly three times from corners, we just weren't picking him up. Yep, so we got lucky there again. Um, so yeah, we were seriously under the cosh, but like I said, we we did make some intelligent decisions that like we we killed their momentum at good times. I love how we've gotten better at that though. Yeah. We've gotten a lot better at killing momentum. And it's a big, big thing. And I've noticed who was, I think, Ludogrets were brilliant at it. It's whenever you're, a team's in the ascendancy, you have to be able to kill off any mm. sort of momentum. You get a goal kick, take your time. Take your time. Take the booking if you need to eventually. All these little things, not even time wasting, just little, little things that will disrupt their momentum. Mm. Dark arts. And this is the sort of game where you need it because when we're when we're knackered and we're up against the good dairy side. Do you remember we used to always talk about how, Dun- how good Dundalk were? They were fucking yeah, the dark arts. Uh, Cabo, ref- they used to referee games. Cabo had a very good game, I thought, and it's not the first time he's had a good game at the Brandywell. He seems to like the stadium mm-hmm. uh, or his pitch, maybe. So in the circumstances, very good point. Very, very good point, and one of the very few times that I could possibly have said beforehand, I'd take it. Which I never, never do. I mean, football mm. is a mental game. So we love it. 90 minutes of football. Anything can happen. 
Yeah. It's a good point. Like, well, you were looking at the schedule three days after traveling <coughs> from exactly they have players coming back from injury, some big big players. So very very happy with that point and big big game against Dundalk, prof. Massive massive game coming up against yeah, it's Dundalk. A big one. Seven o'clock kickoff. I think it is on the Sunday. Big big game, huge. Um, yeah, so the hoops SC and the rings that minibuses made their way home. All good. No windows shattered. And all good, no messing around. No so, more glass puns, please. No more glass bill. And Kieran Stafford absolutely delighted with being in his bed before two AM on a dirty away day. <laughs> so uh yeah. It's it mo- must have been a more enjoyable journey home than the one earlier in the season with the, the peak of mistake in the last minute. That was oh, a God. long journey home. Long, bro. Long, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiffany's hotline part two, prof. Last week you heard from Padraig Amund in England, Noel Keenan in Canada, Johnny Wilson and Alan Honeyman in sunny Spain and two Canada-based hoopers, Gary Warren and Mick Fallon, the Toronto Hoops, Ontario Hoops, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this week's it's USA, Mexico, Australia and you'll hear Eamon McConville, Paddy Flanley, Yalen, Lannis, Gary Armstrong, Sean Fields and Steve Siri. So here are the gang. Yellow. Hey lads, Eamon McConnell here. Thanks for having me on again. Um, uh, great to be on with all the other overseas exiles. Uh, I left Ireland in 2009, right after the season, basically. So, poor timing um, from our overs standpoint, uh, given what we went on to do. But I'd always planned to go away after college. and I graduated in 2009, so I, I wanted to be a snowboard coach. It's something I actually did between secondary school and college. Um, and I, want, I felt like I had a few years of that uh, left in me. So I went over to a place called Lake Tahoe in California and did that for two years. I met my wife up there. Um, she's from the San Francisco Bay Area. So we moved back down this way uh, after that and have been here ever since. Uh, yeah, like work-wise, I, I work remote at the moment, which is brilliant. Uh, I work in business development. So just work out of the house. So I'm able to watch Rovers games from the comfort of the couch. You know, they're on around lunchtime, 12 to 2, so uh, I just block the time off in my calendar. And, uh, yeah, nobody at work is uh, <laughs> any of the wiser why I'm, uh, I'm unavailable for, for two hours uh, most Fridays, and now Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, it used to be a lot harder ducking and diving around offices, looking for uh, closets or conference rooms uh, or climbing up onto the roof uh, at times to, uh, to get some peace and quiet to watch games. It's probably set my career back, but... Uh, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, I was watching O'Neill's goal uh, with my dog on the couch, both of us sitting there in our overs jerseys, uh, jumping around the living room. So yeah, it's been great from from that uh, that standpoint. Uh, the main challenges, I suppose, as an overseas fan, I, I don't want to be moaning because it's my choice to be over here. It's my fault. But uh, yeah, finding finding the time with the time zone to to, to watch the games uh, has been tricky, as I said, and the streams have you know been a varying quality or unavailable completely at times um srfc tv the first edition was fantastic uh thanks dunster if you're listening great to hear you back on the under 19s um and now con and guards do a great job as well so having like we're so lucky now having access to all the games um it's weird to be heading into you know the scoopy game tomorrow with no stream though so you know there's still frustrations although that's gonna be frustrating for uh hoops at home as well so yeah i hope they can get that resolved um RTE have been 
that's tough. Not just the poxy TV deal the FAI did with them, but like geo restricting games. So they, if if they picked up a game, you know the handful they would do. It's always a big game, uh, and if there was another stream available during the year for for other games, that'd be gone, and RT'd be only show in town. And they're really good at blocking it. I don't know who works in there, geo restricting things, but they're really good. I feel like. I've tried VPNs, dodgy boxes, um, all the illegal websites, whatever, and I think I feel like RTE were better than anybody else at blocking blocking uh, broadcasts. So it's changed. They've gotten a lot better. So fair play, I guess, on that front. It's great to be able to watch those games now. Um, although they still sometimes forget to take off the geo restrictions until five ten minutes into the game. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, club communication's good, I think. You know, uh, you can email in if you've got questions. It'd be nice to be a bit more plugged into AGMs and things like that and get the minutes a bit quicker. Um, sometimes you don't get them at all. Uh, but, yeah, look, I understand why they don't want information like that to be circulating as well. So, yeah, I think it's generally good. Uh, the hardest thing about being away is just not being able to go to live games, obviously. Um, you know, there's nothing like going to a live game of football. It's far better than, regardless of the quality of the stream or the broadcast, being there in person is, is much better. Uh, and the buzz afterwards and before and talking about Rovers with, you know, my dad, my family. Um, we'll still be texting during the games, obviously, but it's not the same as going for a point um, before, after, being in the suite. So I miss it a lot. Yeah, miss it a lot. Um, 50s, to be honest, I don't really listen to it unless I think I'm going to be featured. So, like, if I send Gary a few beers or I'm talking to Prof about something and I think maybe they'll read my name out in the next show, I'll tune in for that. But other, otherwise, I'll just switch off, uh, be more into Collie's Call. Um, I listen to LOI Central as well and Between the Stripes. But now, lads, I've, I've said it before, what you're doing just out of the love of the club is, is fantastic. And for all those exiles especially, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant just to hear two lads talking about Rovers. Like, I know that sounds a bit ridiculous, but I think... <laughs> Given the audience, uh, I think everybody's going to agree with me. Uh, probably all of us away, as I said, we're missing that. You're missing just talking about Rovers. So just hearing two lads have the same types of discussion you'd be having is, is brilliant. You do a really good job. All the guests are great. Uh, so, yeah, just keep it up, lads. Um, and if there's any, ever anything I can do to help, let me know. Um, I'd also read, basically just Google search Shamrock Rovers every day and see what's what comes up. I like Dan McDonald's writing usually. Um, I'm on the forum, obviously. I'm not on Facebook chat. Um, the first person I text, uh, the, the family group chat. Um, my dad, mother, sister, uh, not my other sister. We, we set up the group chat to save her uh, from listening to us banging on about Rovers all the time. And then a friend of mine as well, who I would have gone to games with when I was living in the country. We text her in the game as well. Um, here's my great shame. I've never been to a Rovers away, day, uh, away game in Europe. Um, look, I could mainly just because it's tricky to get home more than maybe once or twice a year, and it's tricky with not knowing where you're going in Europe. Um, I've had, I've gotten close uh, to 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 getting to one uh, a few times. I really, I just need to earmark the money in advance. But usually, I get home once for Christmas and then once during the the season to catch a few games, and I'll try and get two or three games in. Um, try and line up trips with that. I really need to do a better job of lining them up with, with European games. But uh, yeah, I was home for the cup. Yeah, that's one I just booked the flights as soon as we, we got through to the final. Best day, best weekend of my life. Uh, I was home for three days. Uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, it's all been said. You've done a great job of covering that as well, lads. Fair play. And I could bang on for 
an hour <laughs> um, talking about that weekend, but it was just, it was incredible. Um, league or Europe, look, I, it's league because that gives you the chance to go into Europe in the champions path the next season. And, and I think it's league just to add to the number of titles. I really want to get that second star in the jersey. So it's always league. I'd rather league. To be honest, I'd rather a league and cup double probably than European group stages. Sometimes, you, I know that sounds ridiculous with the money, but there'd be something, something about doing the double. Um, but look, this year maybe it's a little bit different because the draw has been reasonably favourable. That's what you're hoping winning the league gives you the chance of. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit higher up the priority list. Uh, and I know it would be brilliant for the club um, money-wise, but yeah, it, it'd be league. I'd, I'd hate to go to the group stages and then lose the league. Um, my favourite tonk. Uh, I have an awful memory, um, but I'm going to go with uh, Graham Burke scoring five goals just for that achievement. I, I love Burke as a player. It was great to see him do that. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go with that. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. That. How are you, lads? This is Paddy Flannelly calling in from Birmingham, Alabama. I first left Ireland in 1987 and uh, didn't want to go, but uh, there were no jobs in 87, so I had to go. So I went to New York and lived there till 2002 before moving to the sunnier climes of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So contrary to popular opinion, first expressed by the prof on this show, I am not a truck driver. Um, I'm an area manager for an engineering consulting business. <clears throat> I cover about six and a half states in the Southeast United States. So I end up doing a lot of driving, six, eight hours at a time sometimes. Um, so Tifties has provided the company on my long trips. Uh, it's been terrific. The show is a godsend, lads. Thanks for doing it. And I still owe you both the Guinness that I promised you. Um, when I run out of Tifties, I do listen to LOI Central. Um, although I agree with the comments that you made recently that the audio on some of their guests calling in can be horrific sometimes, but it's a decent show. So everyone over here knows my passion uh, for Rovers, and most of them have only heard of Rovers through me, to be honest. Uh, I was a youth academy coach when I first came over here, and, you know, it's uh, lots of little intramural teams, and the kids get to pick the names of their own team within the club, and I would always convince them to call the team Rovers. And, you know, although I'd have to wear the official club jersey while coaching, I'd get away with wearing my black Rovers Umbro shorts and socks. Um, I got a text message from a guy I coached with back in the day on Saturday. He had noticed that Bazunu was playing for Southampton, so he certainly retained my connection uh, to Rovers. So, you may not work, my screensaver on my laptop, my phone, my iPad, they're all Rovers themed. So, funny story, I was in a client meeting in Georgia back in the day, and uh, I was projecting my laptop, and the client looked up and noticed uh, Gary Twig taking a penalty in a packed Halla Stadium against St. Pat's. And they were very curious. They said, so what's that soccer match? And I told them it's an Irish team uh, playing in Dublin. And they asked the name and I said, it's Shamrock Rovers. And they started laughing. They thought I was joking, an Irish team called Shamrock Rovers. So then they asked, so who are they playing? And I said, St. Patrick's Athletic. And then they all fell off their chairs. They just thought that was the funniest thing ever. They didn't believe me, to be honest. Um, so there you have it. Um, my kids were indoctrinated into Rovers from a very young age. Christmas presents with merchandise and kits. You know, we would be singing Rover songs while hiking the Appalachian Trail from a very young age. I think there's a video of my daughter out on the internet somewhere in a black Umbro jersey singing the green flag, you know, while strumming guitar at the age of three in a Southern US accent. You know, I brought them both over, they were mascots and that cemented them as fans. So that, that's a terrific package, by the way. Um, I brought my son to the cup final against Sligo. So even though we lost, it was still a very memorable day. 
My daughter's still mad at me that I didn't bring her that day, so I had to bring her home a framed picture of, of Hooperman. It was autographed uh, photo, and she's 19 now, and that photo is still in her room. Um, she says I still owe her a cup final. So, you know, being an overseas hoop in the 80s and 90s was impossible. Just couldn't follow the club at all. You know, the winter soccer schedule meant there was no games when I was home in the summer. There was no social media to speak of. So when I found the old forum, it was a game changer. You know, it was like manna from heaven, to be honest. So my first video that I saw was Paddy McCourt versus Bray, and I just couldn't believe it. That was terrific. And then SRFC TV came along with, with uh, Rennie and Glass. So they did terrific work, uh, mostly sideline side footage, but it was terrific. And then the, uh, you know, the SRFC TV went live with Dunster, which was really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed the commentary until it was banned by the FEI because he said, they, he said something they didn't like. Um, and RTE was decent until they decided to impose the geoblock, which I think was at the same time when FEI sold the rights to TrackChamp. Um, which is real nonsense, to be honest. And the geoblock was good. I tried every VPN I could to get around that geoblock, so it was really frustrating to take a half a day off at work and be uh, playing around with a laptop and not being able to get the, the game on RTE, neither live nor on playback. Um, those were dark days, right? So, uh, I mean, watching TrackChamp was like watching ants through a damp lens. You couldn't really tell what was going on, but it was the best we had. So, you know, at the end of the day, COVID became a bit of a silver lining. I mean, LOI TV is a godsend. Um, I mean, I'm happy to pay it. I enjoyed it this season pass. It was terrific. Um, but, you know, seven euro a, a game and 10 for the euros is, uh, is really, really good. Uh, the quality of the comms is amazing. So I generally watch Rovers at home on a big screen TV I have down in the basement. But I was at work when Gary O'Neill scored that goal against Scoopy because it was a Thursday and I just couldn't get Thursday afternoon off. But when I got home, I watched it back uh, that night. I mean, the whole broadcast, I watched the pre-match, I watched the match, I watched the halftime. Um, and I must have played, you know, when it was finished, I think I went back and watched the last five minutes uh, about 30 times while having a, a few bevies and really trying to soak up the atmosphere. I have to tell you, that when when the LOI TV Rovers broadcasts are doing the Euros and they use those high definition cameras and, and the camera angles, along with the commentary with Con and Garts, it's better than RT. It's better than any professional broadcast I've seen on the network. So 10 euro for that is an absolute steal. I'm a bit of a Rovers junkie, uh, to be honest. I surf for Rovers content every day. Um, the social media from the club now is terrific. There's just so much content out there. You know, I'll search for Twitter, Facebook, you know, the club Facebook, Academy, the women's Facebook, you know, I'll be on various vloggers or YouTube channels. The club YouTube channel is good. Um, I'll do news now, searches for uh, anything Rovers related, extratime.ie, Electricity League website, DDSL, members newsletters, anything like that. Um, the biggest difficulty as an overseas member is missing the AGMs uh, and access to the information that's provided at them. I think I've only made one. AGM over the years, um, I, full, I fully understand the sensitivity of the content and certainly the, the um, Zoom meetings that we had, uh, you know, through COVID were great until some Egypt decided to betray the club and give out some of that information and, and kill it for everyone. Um, I've never been to, in a way, Euro trip. You know, the need to combine my trips to Europe with visiting family at home, you know, make the home matches in Tala you know, so much better for me. You know, the, uh, the stories from Brand make me interested in away trips in the future, so someday we'll do it. Maybe Dubrovnik or Stockholm will be cities I'd love to visit. 
although I'm not sure how that plays out from a football perspective. Um, you know, I definitely would want to go with my brother. You know, he lives in Rome and he's been to several away days with Rovers. So my favorite away Euro trip is actually Juve at home. So although I was home at Tala, I was away, right? So I made the trip to Dublin for four days. My brother ironically went to the away match in, in Modena and he missed the home match. So I booked a room in the Maldron to really make an event of it. And it was a fantastic day all around. And at the bar that night in the Maldron with, with uh, Fergus Desmond, Gary Twig's sisters came over and invited Fergus and me to join them at the table with Twig. Cause they had heard I traveled from Alabama and they were just impressed by that, I suppose. And then later, um, Mon came in and I wasn't really sure where that was gonna go, but he sat down and had a pint with us. So, you know, there I was, I'll never forget it. Just sitting in the Maldron, and looking around, soaking it up, having a pint of Guinness with Gary Twig and his family and Michael O'Neill. So a terrific night all around. You know, I did make it to the 2019 Cup Final. Myself and my brother went with John Byrne and a rake of nieces and nephews. We started in Ring's End early, maybe a little too early, to be honest. Probably should have ate more and, and drank less. Um, we did the march. Uh, we waved our flags. We sang our songs. We, you know, really sang our hearts out that day. What a terrific day. Back to Ring's End for points later. It was a late night, actually. Um, top 10 days for me ever. It was just terrific. Um, I get home every year, I'd say, except through COVID, that kind of messed me up. But generally, I get home every year, and I usually make two matches a season. So this year, I was home in May, uh, and I got to the Derry and Shells matches at home. I took my kids, who are now 22 and 19, and a couple of nephews. Um, you know, what a terrific match day experience. You know, we went into the shop, looked around there, went into the suite. We pints and raised curry, which, by the way, is fantastic. Um, we were in the South Stand Block W. You know, I thought I was too old for the South Stand, but actually I wouldn't be anywhere else. The atmosphere and the experience were just terrific. My kids are still talking about it. Um, and I know you guys are sick of vloggers, you know, coming over and doing Rovers matches, but the fact that there are some vlogs out there, right, for the matches that they got to um, means that they continue to, you know, wallow in it. Wallow is probably the wrong word, but enjoy the, uh, the experience by watching the perspective by the vloggers that came. You know, as it relates to what I prefer, a league win versus group stages, you know, obviously we want group stage football, but it cannot be at the expense of the league. I mean, I, I want us to win four in a row, and, and the champions route is by far the best way to get through Europe. So got to keep winning the league. God forbid, you know, Dundalk should get back in there and get a crack at the, at the champions route. You know, my favorite tonking uh, of another club would be Bows Away when Gavin Brennan scored, I think. Um, so that was that from an atmosphere and, and a result, you know, that there was a lot of stake that day. Um, that was really good. But to be honest, I also really enjoyed uh, the tonking of UCD at home when Jack Byrne first joined us. I mean, not because it was a great atmosphere or a great crowd or that the match was all that competitive, but just Jack was in his flow that day. I mean, he was just brilliant. And so when you watch him dribble through the entire UCD team and score, um, and that was just one of the brilliant things he did that day. You know, that's, that's way up there as well for me. So listen, lads, that's it for me. Thanks for asking me to do this. I will see you later and uh, uh, keep on hooping. Hello, hello. My name is Yelene. I am from Mexico. And well, how did I become a Chamber Rovers fan? 
I remember I started to watch the League of Ireland last year, but obviously I didn't have a team, but I have to say that the first team that caught my attention was in Pats. That season, St. Pat's and Chamber Grovers were fighting for the first place, so I started to focus on Chamber Grovers too. But uh, suddenly, I was already waiting for their matches, news, um, highlights, and I was already supporting them. I think that that match against Slovan at Talak Stadium was when I realized that I liked to support them. And, and well, it was like... Um, I don't remember how, I don't remember the moment, but now I am a fan. I am a teacher. My friends and people that follow me uh, mainly on TikTok and Instagram knows about Roberts because me. I just knew about an Irish man that was in Guadalajara, uh, another city from Mexico, and gave a Shambrook Roberts jersey to a friend of his but that's everything. And about watching the games, I try to watch them always, but it is hard. Uh, when I was working, sometimes I'll, I lost the first 20 minutes. And once I had to watch a game at work, but I used to watch them at home. That Gary, Gary O'Neill's goal was amazing. I was in my room. I am the only one in my family who likes or follows Irish football, so I celebrated alone. I was on the floor, <laughs> laying my head on the bed, and I got up from the floor very fast. I was so happy, so, so happy, because, well, the goal was amazing, and that gives us more comfort for the second leg. I think the main challenge for me is... Uh, to watch the games because, well, even in Ireland, some important games aren't available on TV channels. And here is even more difficult because uh, because the hour and stream. It's possible that at 2 p.m. you are still working because there in Ireland is 8 p.m., for example, and here is 2 p.m. So, well, and then you have to look for the game online. It's difficult for me to pay streams because it is expensive here. Obviously, I wish I could be in person, but, uh, well, that would be uh, the best option, but that is not possible right now. So I hope I, I can get that dream someday. I haven't listened to you. Uh, I knew about you recently, so I hope to listen to you often and about keep out today with Chamber of Rovers. Well, I'm always on Twitter and I have direct access to Chamber of Rovers web. Uh, and something that helps a lot is that every week I'm on a YouTube show with uh, other Latin American guys talking about Irish football. So I'm always keeping up today with the team, or at least I try it. European football or the league is a very difficult question. My choice will be um, both of them, <laughs> but I know it's hard. I, I will choose... Um, group stages uh, it will be something that will help irish football and obviously help us as a team it will be very exciting the league is important too we are still in first place and if we don't win the league i'm sure we will have european football next year anyway well thank you thank you nice to meet you i'm happy to to meet people who support the same team and I, i'm so happy thank you thank you very much how are you lads Gary Armstrong calling in here from Melbourne to do the hotline of overseas hoops. 
So when and why did I leave Ireland? I left Ireland in 2016 to go uh, to go work and drive in a bus around Europe, um, and then eventually moved to Australia in 2018. Uh, moved over here for my missus, um, and now I've since got married. My last game that I went to before moving away was actually the Dundalk 5-2, where the Enough is Enough banner came out. So that was a nice way to live. Um, I work in recruitment over here, and everyone I work with and everyone I come by in the uh, in general day-to-day life knows all about Rovers and who we're playing and what level we're playing at in Europe and all that kind of stuff. Um, not really the the right country to be going to the pub for the game. Unfortunately, the majority of the games kick off between five and seven a.m. So tomorrow morning we're up at but about quarter to five for the Scoopy away game. Hopefully, we can get a stream for that. Um, there was one game we watched in the pub. We watched the first game of the season, Rovers Bowers with the uh, the famous Dan Fulham organised the pub. There we could go and watch that at two o'clock in the morning. Um, Gary O'Neill's goal uh, the poor wife got woken up stupid o'clock in the morning um, before that for Graham Burks for the penalty shouting at the referee she thought someone was breaking into the house and I'm shouting hey 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 but uh, Gary O'Neill's goal had bounced around the house We were uh, she was up getting ready for work at that stage and, and the goal went in and the relief the excitement everything just came out at that moment what a goal it, this, the, the phone was hopping after it. The, I was hearing that the stadium was about to collapse, that it was that loud, and I uh, devastated I couldn't be there. But uh, your challenge is then for an overseas fan. So when I first moved over here, we were watching games on Score Live and betting streams, and sometimes waking up at four o'clock in the morning, not even getting a stream. And the games were on RTE, I buying a VPN, but thankfully that's gone now for the most part. Um, times there where a mate of mine gave me a password to an app on my phone for an IPTV so that gets used a bit when the games are on RTE still to this day but LOI TV and watch LOI they're a godsend for people like me it's a pain in the hole that it's a weekly fee rather than the season pass but look you do what you have to do the Rover stream is uh, is unbelievable with Conan Gertz some of the others leave a lot to be desired but as usual Rovers lead the way Um. Missing Rovers is a huge thing, though. It's, it's, I miss it as much as I miss my family and friends a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm only back from my honeymoon over in Europe, and I organised the majority of that around the Rovers games and, and around the European game in Malta. Um, in relation to Tifties, it's, it's a godsend for us as well. It's listen to it every week, listening to it on the car to and from work. It keeps overseas hoops connected to 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 what we love. It's uh, the only thing I would say about it is comes out too late for us in Australia. Comes out Thursday night, Friday morning, and you only get to and from work, which is for me about forty five minutes an hour. So when Tifties is an hour and a half, two hours, you don't get it in before before the game is over. And I uh, I, I do like to get it done. Um, other things, I'd listen to LOI Central, but I never get through the full the full episode. Depends on the guest, obviously, but um, yeah, it's it's just a, a passing thing until Tifties comes out. I used to listen to The Greatest League in the World with Con and Colin as well. That used to be good because it came out early in the week straight after. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's obviously gone. In relation to who who we get talking to after a game of a WhatsApp group, the lads back home. If it's a big game, there'd be four or five calls after. They'd be mine, we'd uh, uh, the lads would be chatting to Ray here as well in in Australia. But um, yeah, the fa- the phone would be hopping hopping after most games. In relation to the European trips, I'm not sure. I've been on eight, nine, maybe ten. Um, and as Carl mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I've never seen a win. It took about five games for me to even see a goal, let alone a win away from home. Um, my favourite trip was probably Tallinn or Spurs. Tallinn, uh, the first Tallinn, not last year's. Um, it was an incredible trip. The, the crack we had in that square with the Harry Krishnas and the, the bar with no name and the players all out and then the, the tear gas and the cops into the pub. It was some trip and then obviously Spurs goes without saying the... Uh, when we went one nil up, it was one of the best moments of my life. Best best ten minutes ever. But obviously we know how that all ended. Um Russia was an experience as well. Singing karaoke in some dingy underground Russian bar with with twenty or thirty Rovers fans. But um yeah, no, nah, the experience at Italian I reckon was was probably the one. Where I'd like to play, I'd love to play in Croatia. We'd have a serious party over there. Travelled around Croatia a bit. Of uh, I was in Dubrovnik there recently, and I've been to a couple of other places. Splits are there, Havar. Um, it's a lovely country, and I can imagine a Rovers take over the old town there in Dubrovnik. We'd um, we'd have some crack. Um, getting back, I get back whenever I can. I go home for the cup final there in 20, 2018, 2019, Sorry, um, I arrived in on the Saturday morning and game on Sunday. Tearing her in on Monday and then left on Tuesday morning, 24-hour flight both ways. So I was in a bad way on the way home. I was a bit, been a bad way for about two weeks after that. It took years off my life, that trip, but I'd, uh, I'd do it again tomorrow if I could. I'll try to get back as much as possible. If we if we get into the groups there, which we hopefully do tomorrow morning, I'll try and get back. If we get a, if we get a good draw, if we get a big side, it'd be, be good to, to get back in. It'd be nice to beat United and Old Trafford, which probably not. Beyond the rounds of possibility, the way they the way they're playing at the moment, um, and yeah, the biggest honking, the, probably the four 0 against Bowes and Dalymount when when Gavin Brennan scored down the far end, um, that was that was some result. I remember that very very well. Um, and we bashed Dundalk a couple of times about ten years ago. I think it was six or seven nil, uh, twice in a row in Tala. Um, it's always always good to get a good honking in, but. Uh, yeah, look, that's it, lads. Appreciate you, appreciate you doing this, and keep up the good work with the podcast. Like I said, it's it's a godsend for people like me away, and uh, keeps us keeps us in the loop as with uh, with what's going on. But yeah, cheers, boys. Keep on helping. How's it going? Fields are here calling from Perth, Western Australia. I come over here in December twenty eighteen. No other reason than I just want a lifestyle change, and it's probably the best thing I've ever done. Uh, love life over here great opportunities I've got to through work I've got to see some really different parts of Australia places that you'd never see at home and uh, it's been brilliant I actually just started a new job on Monday as a service technician for Melee so I haven't got a chance to inform all my new colleagues about Rovers but Surely we get that win in Macedonia. They'll all hear about it um, Wednesday morning. 
Um, yeah, I have to watch all the games at home because with the Friday night kickoffs and midweek kickoffs mainly, it's, um, it's between 2 and 4 a.m. usually kickoff time, so you're not getting any pub to watch them. Um, yeah, and that brings you then to Gary O'Neill's goal. I probably have a couple of uh, sour neighbours that haven't talked to me since last Thursday. I kind of upended the house at 5am, so that was brilliant. But even with stuff like that, you know, you're going to work, you're buzzing, but it's like you're full of this adrenaline at 6 in the morning. The last thing I want to do is work. But it was brilliant. Yeah, that is a massive challenge at Whistleport Rovers over here. Is the kickoff times? It's um, that's horrendous, really. It's, it's difficult trying to go to work six in the morning after getting up at two or three to watch hours. But it's been a lot better since my first year here. My first year here, if a game wasn't on RTE, I'd had to watch it on that shitty betting cam, and yeah, it wasn't good. COVID was nearly the best thing to happen to me over here because. Yeah, with the watch LOI and the LOI TV, it's made it so much easier to watch Rovers. It's made it enjoyable, and obviously since I've come over, Rovers have gotten a lot better. But it is hard. That's that's a big thing that's made it hard as well. How good Rovers have been and winning all these trophies since I've been away. It's uh, it's a killer, and it's probably apart from family and friends, it's probably the thing I miss most about being back at home is Rovers. Obviously, the Tifty's podcast helps helps keep me up to date with uh, all things Rovers, but the Tifty's WhatsApp group, all the juicy gossip is in there, and you get that before the podcast ever comes out, so for anyone lucky enough to be in the Tifty's WhatsApp, that's where it's at. Um, in terms of what our podcast is to keep up to date with the league, I'd be on LOI Central and even the RDE Soccer Podcast, but... Obviously, depending who the guests are on at uh, LOI Central, I'd steer clear of most of their guests, to be honest. And definitely, if Rovers haven't got a good result, I will not listen to any other podcasts. Yeah, it'd be my dad as well. Who would, I'd be the first one. I'd probably be texting him at half-time and full-time of the game as it's just finished. Um, and then I'd probably ring him the next day to discuss the game, give out about whatever. But yeah, be me dad, be on to the most about Rovers. Yeah, when you sent me this question, Prof, you said it wasn't have a go at me, but uh, I'm feeling like you've targeted me with this one. Uh, I've only done one Europe away, and Paulie McGrath alleged that it's not doesn't count. It was uh, London in 2011, White Hart Lane. So that's obviously going to be my favourite. Um terms of city I've never been, I always want to visit. Um, probably Rome. I still haven't gotten to Rome. Hopefully, whenever I do get back home for a visit, I will do a bit of Europe and try and get to a couple of cities. But Rome is definitely number one on the list. Um, I actually haven't been able to get back at all for a game since I came over. So, with visa troubles and visa issues and obviously COVID in between, it's been hard. So I didn't even manage to get home for the cup final. I actually had to watch that in a mining town in the middle of nowhere, sitting drinking warm bottles of Heineken in my room on my own. 
Still a very emotional morning, but yeah, that's where I watch the cup final. In terms of making the group stages or winning the league, I mean, the league is your bread and butter. And winning the league sets you up to give you this good opportunity to make the group stages. So I would say winning the league, but I would say winning the league and making the group stages should be the priority most years if not every year and definitely this year uh, favourite ever Rovers Tonkin then finish off there's only one that springs to mind straight away has to be Daily Mount 4-0 Gavin Brennan scoring an absolute screamer even though he's a wanker it can't be anything other than that that was fucking magical that night Still look back in the highlights and have a few drinks on me and make me mates watch it. What a night. Anyway, keep on hooping. Roll on the group stages. Steve Siri here. Just calling from Bundaberg in Queensland in Australia. Uh, just up beside the Great Barrier Reef. When did you leave Ireland and why? Um, I left Ireland in 2014. I'd met an Australian girl a few years previous um, and we decided that uh, she couldn't hack the cold in Ireland much longer and you know, she's never going to stay there. And I said, ah, why not give it a bash, see how I get on. Um, here I am, still here. I'd actually decided in 2013 I was coming over. But uh, in the end it was kind of a bit of a rush. I think I'd, in the, yeah, I think I left work on Wednesday afternoon and got a flight to Australia that night. So I didn't really tell many people, which, yeah. What do you do for work? Um, I work in the local hospital uh, for Queensland government. Mainly work in theatre. It's, it's a good laugh. It's one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. Do your colleagues and friends over there know all about Rovers now because of me? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably because my desk has a few Rovers things on it and stickers and the likes. And um, yeah, midweek games I usually go into work late because I'm watching whatever game. And but my boss is cool, you know. All he ever says to me is, "Ah, watching that queer sport again." And just has a laugh. So yeah, I'm okay there. Do you watch games at home or a particular pub? No, I don't watch games in the pub because I watch games at like <clears throat> five, six in the morning, which you kind of get used to. So, yeah, you watch it at home on a Saturday morning. Um, yeah, it's kind of this stage now. It's it's kind of the norm. Where were you for Gary O'Neill's goal, and how did you celebrate? Well, I missed it. I watched the whole game, and I had to get my daughter to school earlier that day, and yeah. This is right. Ah, there's only a bloody minute left. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I missed that one. What are the challenges you, you face as an overseas supporter? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm lucky that I just work really daytime hours so I can kind of catch matches in the morning. Um. Not always ideal sometimes watching games early morning, especially on a Saturday uh, when you want to have a bit of a lie in, but yeah, you do it anyway. It's bad streams in previous years. Uh, yeah, the club ones are awful. 
But so watch Lee LOI, that was pretty bad as well in the early days. But I mean it was the early days, so you kinda had to expect you know, it's always gonna be teething problems. LOI TV, yeah, I watch the games. I mean the, the, the pricing's actually not bad. I mean I mean you hook it up you hook my laptop up to the TV, you can watch it. It's uh quality's good, doesn't freeze, doesn't buffer that much. At all. Yeah, RT international restrictions. Yeah, they're a pain in the arse. Um, they've been okay the last few games from what I remember. I remember a few years going, like, I used to text uh, somebody in RTE. Um, I won't say his name, Fergus McCormick. Uh, and he used to promise me, oh, yeah, yeah, games, no problem. They'll be, they'll be shown. No restrictions. Turn around, Saturday morning, not available in your location. <laughs> but as I say, it's better nowadays. Missing Rovers live in person. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't get homesick. So, I mean, yeah, you're always going to miss the big European nights and uh, big games against Bowers. But, yeah. Not as much as I thought I would when I first moved here. I did in the beginning, yeah, first couple of years, but nah, I'm okay nowadays. How has the TFTES podcast helped you stay connected to the club? Uh, yeah, it's been really good. It's it's good hearing our people's stories from down the years and lads you knew. Uh, and plus, they're long enough as well, so it's good me do long drives over here. Because, yeah, I mean, you can drive down the coast here four or five hours, and it's not a big deal. Stick a podcast on. What else do you listen to and read to keep up the dates? Uh, mainly Twitter. That'd be the one. It's always good fun after a game, especially in the early hours of the morning. When people are texting, in the early hours of the morning in Ireland, that is. People text some absolute nonsense at 2, 3, 4 a.m. Some, yeah, some delete them. Uh, but you get to see them. It's funny. Uh, WhatsApp groups as well. I'm in a few different ones. Various different lads. Um, <clears throat> uh, Non-Rovers. Uh, uh, probably the Irish footy vlogs. You man, that Pats fan, Keith Fitzsimons. He's, he's, that ain't bad either. Um, who was the first person you'll text back in Ireland about Rovers and the games? Uh, well, I mainly go into the WhatsApp groups after games, see what's see what everyone's saying. Uh, Twitter as well. Uh, some groups are different. If, if some groups, I mean, if we win, you don't really you don't talk about it that much. If we lose, it's like the bloody end of the world. I do get the odd voicemail off certain Rovers fan every now and that goes like, ah. Uh, yeah, every time he loses, Steve, he's got to go, Bradley. It's had his time. Yeah, won't mention his name either, Hiller. How many Rovers away in Europe trips have you done? Uh, six. Uh, eight, if you include two dodgy <coughs> pre-season friendlies in Spain. Um, what was what was my favourite? Um, probably, I don't know what my favourites. Uh, probably the Audra one in the old Intertoto Cup. That's just a mad trip. We we stayed in Ostrava for a few days, which is uh. We, then we crossed over the border into the, the to see the game in that town, which the town itself was like a ghost town. 
But Ostrava was a good laugh. Some great lads were there. Good laugh for a few days. Only downside was having to share a room with Willie Foley, good old bottler, for a few days. That memory's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. But that's a story for another day. Um, oh, and obviously, uh, football-wise, I mean, Belgrade. Yeah, I mean, don't even much to say about that, really. Just, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty surreal over there. Actually, after the game, I remember sitting in town, Main City after the game, I think it was four or five in the morning, still drinking, sober. Just surreal to think that we'd actually qualified for a tournament, and then try to catch up on all the goings on back home. And yeah, that was that was a good one. Obviously, what city have you ever wanted to visit? Uh, um, probably Naples. Always have had a chance to go to Roma. About 10 years ago to an away game, but I actually valued my life, so uh, nah, I skipped on that one. But I'm going to Italy next year, so maybe. How often are you able to get back to Dublin and catch a game? Uh, well, not often, because I'm on the other side of the world. Um, haven't been back since 2016. Um, yeah, I do plan on going over next year. What dates? God knows when. Did you come home to see us win the cup in 2019? Nope. Wish I had it, but it was, yeah, it was definitely weird watching it here. Uh, the sun was coming up as the penalty shoot was starting. Yeah, that was a good weekend though. What's more important to you, making the group stages or win the league? Uh, depends what group stages. If it was the Champions League, then yeah, take the hit. I'll have that. Um, otherwise, winning the league, yeah, you got it. I mean, the money's too much. It's too much money to be thrown in. Yeah. Favourite ever Tonkin? Um, probably the last game I was ever at, actually. We beat Bowes 4 0 in Daily Mount. We just slaughtered them on the field. And it's a nice bit of action uh, spilled over from the stands. Yeah, all in all, good old entertaining night. Yeah, so brilliant stuff. Um, keeping them. Uh, I, I love getting corrected on people's job titles as well. Truck driver is well, we yeah. got put in our place there, didn't we? Apologies to Paddy for spreading the myth that he's a truck driver. I was imagining him as one of those with the farmer's tan, uh, the trucker cap on, you know what? Chewing on spitting tobacco. Yo, I'm ashamed to say that's not too far off the image I had. I just thought he was just like, <laughs> I thought he was like fitting in with all the stereotypical truckers. In like Alabama, yeah, but uh, no, not the case. Um, that was Steve Siri's debut on the podcast, long yeah. overdue. Steve Siri finally, finally got him on. Uh, some he hung a few people out to dry, and like, like I said last week, that Bowls game 4 0 that got a lot of yeah. that was a lot of people's choice for tonking. Ironically, that was Steve's last game before he immigrated. Oh, no way. Um, so then you had uh, good pal Amo. Then you have somebody born, raised, and still living in Mexico. Aiden was one of our callers. Now, obviously, she's never been to Tala or Dublin, yeah. so very. It's a unique perspective, but she's a fan. Yeah, and I don't know what the hell this podcast is, but um, maybe she could tell us. But I've seen it on YouTube. She and some mates do a YouTube podcast on Irish football. And, and so they, it's obviously in Spanish and they cover it it's in Spanish yeah how um, random is that well she's explained why she's interested but why are her mates interested it's just so many unanswered it's questions cool. 
Yeah. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, obviously, a different story for the Aussies in terms of watching the games because you're talking six in the morning. You said you were fascinated by that, Gary. The school yeah. runs. and Fascinated by how to craft your day around a mad schedule, whereas we would just have to go home, drop the car in, or drop the kids in, whatever, and get ready and go. But because it's at a time that suits us. and it's Imagine the robbers game was at the beginning of your day. How odd would that be? It'd be? Fucking strange, man. Imagine waking up at like three in the morning, probably not having a few beers because you're in work in a few hours, watching the game, and maybe going back to sleep and then waking up again. You know, it's 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 uh, it's cool to see all these different styles. The only way I can relate was the 2002 World Cup, because those kick-off times were like seven in the morning. Yeah, remember so that. So you'd be getting up on a seven on a Saturday, watching Ireland, and that'd be the beginning of your day. I still remember. Mm. I was in religion, and. All of a sudden, the, the PA came on and was like, this is an announcement. Roy Keane has been sent home. <laughs> Roy Keane has been sent home from the Ireland camp. <laughs> oh, what, what, we get the day off, we get the day off. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Not JJ sure Walsh, if anyone ever went to the comp, JJ yeah. Walsh said it over the microphone. Yeah, but you were saying you love all the little details. Um, love it. We asked a lot of questions in this hotline, but I, it led to some really interesting answers. Um, so I, I was fascinated by all these little personal stories by people who it's a unique perspective you know following Roberts from abroad and actually getting to step foot in the stadium aside from the yeah. couple of times they can get home a well, year but the likes of Fields are who's like there's a lot of people who are pining for home whereas Fields is like best thing I ever did I, I miss mm. Roberts but I fucking love my new life so I mean he's what, he's a, a service engineer for Melee he said now so yeah, you need your Hoover service fails as your man I said to him <laughs> yeah I said to him that question about did you get home for the cup I said it's not pointed at you now I asked him <laughs> the same he felt question it was, he felt it was yeah. Yeah. but so, that um, brilliant brilliant insight from everyone like Gary Armstrong I remember he was floating around Europe I remember seeing his Instagram he was just driving all hmm. over us like Slovakia and driving buses so but he's one of those who you see you always see on the European games yeah um, he's talked about his own Paul McGrath-esque barren run now without an away win um, but yeah yeah no brilliant um, stuff again prof. and we've, great. we've missed three games in a row ourselves Gary watching on TV so I'm starting to feel like an overseas supporter I told you man or it's... maybe that's just how dedicated to the podcast I am Gary I wanted to put myself in the shoes oh, fuck off will you? of an exile <laughs> Oh, you immersed yourself <laughs> yeah. into the got the full experience of an overseas who it's like method acting. So you've turned up the heat as well, I'd imagine, and that's <laughs> yeah. why you had the shorts on as well, it's just to to replicate an, a <laughs> Melbourne climate. Right, so we'll move on to the draw of the group stages, whichever competition we end up in on Friday, twenty sixth, the day after the second leg. So looking forward to that, prof. Uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. And Millwall have had two bids for Idemo torn down this summer, so 18 months left on his contract as well. And smart kid, I reckon he'll sit there and bide his time, score a few more goals in Europe, take this season in, and then well, the, see what happens after This was that. a story in the mirror. And the word I was interested in was, they used the word frustrated. And I remember seeing that thinking like, good. I like yeah. that yeah. you're frustrated. I like that you now realise... You're going to have to pay more money for yeah. Irish players from now on. Million. He scored, Carl, the first ever player in history to score in three different European competitions. Well, he's surely the youngest. No, first one ever, Prof. So that you means you verified this. Add another zero on there. But he could possibly... I don't endorse unverified facts <laughs> on this podcast. But even saying that, like, 
Like he's he's that's that's a really really good prospect. People will look at that and just say, "Oh, that'll that'll prick their ears." Like they'd be like, "Oh, eighteen-year-old scoring in different Champions League, current Europa League, conference." You know what I mean? That's what. Mm. That, unfortunately, that's how it'll be. So a million, please. Um, yeah. Other results: Bowes nil, Dundalk one, and this. If a goal was Bowes, right? To sum up Bowes. If you had any way to sum up Bowes, this goal sums them up this season. Ridiculous. Did you see this goal? I did. It was comical. This sums up Bowes whole season. <laughs> Just the way it's gone for them. But listen, they're doing great work. And it wasn't even Talbot, it was the other keeper. They're doing great work on the outside. Bang, bang is flying. The coffee's flying out. DC Fontaines, they're top of the charts. Kneecap, performing and hungry. I mean... Lambert FC are fl- oh, sorry Bowes are flying so yeah uh, UCDB Harps 2-1 to get off the bottom of the table and when I saw this I just thought to myself fuck me what is going on has has Ali lost the the magic of being able to do this because like, they won the previous week I know 3-0 um, that was their first win in like a dozen games but um Will they do that, that, that thing they always do at the end of the season? They pick up, they suddenly start picking up three they're wins. They're going to be in the playoff, we know that, but it depends on who they're going to be against. If Corgan go, I, I can't see Well, them. they could go straight down. I'm going to put UCD, they go straight down. I don't think they go straight down. I hope not, because I want to see Harps in there. Uh, Duffer Shells finally played a game, Gary. No, he was given out. Lost 3 1. This was a. He's such a fucking sore loser, do you know that? I, I can't like I know I'm gonna be his biggest fan. I hate. Do you have history with Damien? Duff? I have. I hate anyone like that. He wouldn't <laughs> shake his hand. I'd call him Ryan Brennan, fat boy. That's why he, apparently he called him fat boy. Oh, was that Duffer who called? Duffer him? called him fat boy and then released him. Top scorer, got them promoted. Oi, fat boy, get out of it. So we <laughs> called him. This is, I was listening to Ryan Brennan. I heard him say that, yeah, but I thought he was talking. I thought he implied oh, that. I doubt Joey called him Fat Boy now. I thought he was implying that he was being called Fat Boy during the game. No, he said, I don't uh, think a professional, another professional should call you Fat Boy. Oh, okay. That makes more sense now. Unbelievable. <laughs> you can imagine uh, Duffer just poking him in the dressing room. Huh? Huh? Or whipping him. <laughs> the, <laughs> the German, the German kid. Somebody <laughs> moved on. I'm full of chocolate. Full of chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, more news. Both legs against Fetish Vados will be shown live on RTE. So, probably a loss as well. But listen, it's, it's good news for, for Hoopers. So, we're going to try and organise something. Um, as it stands, there's no real set place to watch it. But we're going to work on it. We'll work on something in the next 24 hours. They have it in the Terran you're in. So, I might pop down there. for the, Yeah, Terran you're um, in. Lovely Guinness. Stand, Lovely yeah. Guinness and the fastest barman in the West. I'm thinking maybe spreading. Obviously, I'm gonna. I want to start going to these uh, European aways again. Hopefully, the the group stage will be favourable. But if I have to watch it at home on a stream, um, I want to move around a bit. So is Irish Town House for last time? Maybe tearing your in this time. Yeah, we'll keep you all updated on any events. We've returned to our, our loyal uh, four provinces at some stage, mm-hmm. Yeah, we certainly will, and we'll keep you updated on where there is going to be a gang of hoops. Draw the way in the cup prop Sunday 28th 5pm uh, Tickets on sale As of recording Which is now Monday night All to members So get user Draw the tickets Flashbacks already From The Sinclair Armstrong Appearance Remember that 
who is flying mm-hmm. at the moment, by the way. Apparently QPR fans are loving him. He made his league debut there recently. Still one of the stranger debuts I've ever seen as a Rowers fan. You could imagine the Brads are on the bench going, you ready, kid? You're going to save the cup. He goes on, does nothing. 15. 15. Uh, Lee Grace on off the ball. I caught this one. Very, very good interview. Very humble, understanding, smart kid who has a brilliant story. A brilliant story. Mm. Actually jacked in his job to play for Wexford. Wexford. Jacked in an army job with a pension. Jacked it in. Totally. And then it worked out from Shane Keegan. He always mm-hmm. says he owes Shane Keegan a lot. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with his story because I've heard him I've heard him on a few interviews. He spoke before about how he was a late bloomer and he, was, he wasn't he was picked for any of the... He might have jacked it in for Galway, but either way, he jacked it in for... He had to watch all his football. friends and teammates constantly get called up for those squads and like he wasn't getting called up. <laughs> So quite often those players don't make it in the end. But uh, look at the level he's playing in now in group stage football. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. We had uh, Gertz on the MNS uh, 60 clip. Honestly, I, ha- I know we're not too friendly with the person who tweeted the, the, the clips, but that is one of the best programmes ever. That was my favourite part of MNS. Unbelievable. Did, uh, honestly, it was one of the most enjoyable programmes ever. And I... I'm looking for the footage. I was on the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was when oh, we heading the ball. The heading the ball. I still can't find it. I thought it must <laughs> be there somewhere. It must pop up somewhere. But a ball. Someone skied a ball. I was where the south stand is now. I'm not sure if it was an east stand. No, there was an east stand. It's coming over from the east stand, and there used to be a little tunnel way. And a ball just came in. Someone took a shot, and I headed it, and it nearly knocked me fucking out. But it was on it. It was 100 percent on it because <laughs> I remember Ao Prendergast saying it to me the week after. He's like, "You were on the telly." Yeah. Remember my interview with... Uh, Brilliant stuff from Gareth, though, very funny. Remember my interview with Eamon Donoghue last year, the yes. former producer, and we were talking about 60, how I absolutely love that segment with, with Jackie Hurley. It's quick, um, it's easy, it's brilliant. Uh, Gareth's... Some bio. I love the two of them just breaking up. Lab. Uh, really like, funny, though, like even yeah. the skit after it, where they, they were talking, they had to run, and they had to grab... The, the set and run away because they were they were doing it on the on the on the fly really <laughs> yeah like we said Gareth's on LOI Central as well he was really good talking about robbers in Europe last week oh, he just puts people and, in their uh, place you know he doesn't pull he, punches he admits when he's wrong he admits if something he doesn't agree with he's, oh, he's he pretty bad. much said Johnny Ward has ADHD which <laughs> yeah. was probably overdue yeah I think so um, we have the Rovers Academy results as well, Prof, coming in hard and fast. 19s, nil all against Bowes. We the women's 19s, 3 nil win away to Shells. Look how much progress these ladies have made in the last year or so. They were getting tonked, Prof. Ladies were getting tonked. Now they're progressing, they're beating Shells away from home. Shells are like the ultimate ladies team in Ireland along with Mount. Brilliant, brilliant stuff from a progressive ladies, 19s. 17s, 2-0 at home, the club killed there. And a 3-1 win for the ladies, 17s in Cove. 5-2, not a tonking. It's a good win. But Rovers, this is Noly, Noly O'Brien's boys. And um, Shamrock Rovers, 5, Cork City, 2. So a good, good win. And of course, Garth's troops, 2-1, home win against Pats. Brilliant, brilliant results again. I'm, uh, we, we're going to have to get ourselves out to check these out but I'll tell you what 
Well, just just a note on elite football and what kids like. It's some traveling for kids, and a lot of people say, "Oh, it's too young." So there's there's a market for it, right? There's a market for fucking everything. There's a market for chocolate covered cockroaches. There's a market for golden popcorn, fifteen euro a kernel. I saw it somewhere. People will buy it. There's a market for everything. There's a market for elite football. Um, if you are going to put your kid into elite football, shells, pats, balls, all this stuff, you have to be ready for heartbreak and tears and a lot of commitment. If you're not, then just put them a cu- down a couple of leagues. You know what I mean? If you're not ready for it, don't do it. It's essential for kids to progress to a certain level of footballer. I think so. I think it's brilliant. These kids are travelling all over the world, all over the, all over Ireland, getting good miles in and, and playing good football. I think it's essential. But there is an argument out there to say that, and a lot of people will say that it's wrong and there shouldn't be an elite level league at that level. I, I think mm. it's I think it's brilliant and it's good for the kids. Yeah. So, bro, it's been a while. It's the official quiz back. He's going to put me on a timer. Two minutes. Oh. I do a bit more enthusiasm. on This is the first quiz. Two minutes though. I'm, happy. I'm loving this because I was three. Months. The quiz is back. The quiz is back. Some people's favourite part of the show. I'm sure they've missed this. I have uh, texted the questions on WhatsApp because it's only Mondays we record here. It's actually not going up on Twitter yet. But, oh, uh, fuck. And you're going to tell me? Yeah, but you folks will be listening to this on a Wednesday, so you'll have already heard this. Uh, cheating bastard, you are. Already done this quiz. So okay, you ready? Gonna you got to time me. Timer. Uh, give me a moment. Oh, hey, listen, I'm cracking. Two minutes <sighs> on the clock. I'm cracking my knuckles here. And we're going to say three... Two, one, go. Where did the draw for the 2011-2012 Europa League group stages take place? Madrid, Monaco, Paris, Geneva. Oh, Geneva. No. Oh. Monaco. Which Rovers player missed a penalty in their open 2011 group stage game against Ruben Kazan and Talon? Ronan Finn, Gary Twig, Chris Turner, Stephen O'Donnell. I'm going to say Chris Turner. No, Stephen no. O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, Alan Manis is only three league clean sheets off all time club record held by which hoops keeper Sheila Darcy Jody Bourne Barry Morphy Alan O'Neill Alan O'Neill has to be Alan O'Neill it was actually a tweet by McDara it is Alan O'Neill yeah it's Barry Murphy oh. Alan O'Neill is all competitions Alan O'Neill fuck's sake I'm zero here <laughs> uh, Robert's first ever away win in Europe was against which club first ever Spora Luxembourg Cardiff Applewell Fram I'm going to say Cardiff in the 60s it's Spar Luxembourg ah, 1966. Uh, true or false? Rovers in 1966 were the first league of to win an away game in Europe. False. That's right. False. Yes. Rovers met which Hungarian side in the 1985 video? Oh shit. 57 oh, seconds. No, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Who scored the hoops goal? No, no way. Which Rovers <laughs> met which Hungarian side in 1985? Video Ton, the Brits, and Honved. We spoke about it earlier. Honved. Correct. Who scored the hoops goal in the toy at Milltown? Mick Bourne, Pat Bourne, John Cody, you know Larkin. Borough hoops is sticking out to me here, John Cody. Correct. Oh, left foot. How many European campaigns did Rovers have in the 90s? Ooh. Uh, well, Garnick Zabja. Uh, old job was 2001. Two, 90, Two. 94, oh, 98. Uh, six players have started every game in Rovers' European campaign so far this season. Alamannis, Ronald Finn, Sean Harley, Grace Gary O'Neill, who? Oh, uh, Dylan Watts. Andy Lyons. No, Rovers' biggest win in the 2012 Premier Division was a 7-0 win over which team in Thailand? Draw the Dundalk Bray. You see the 8 seconds. Don't draw the Dundalk Bray. Dundalk 7-0. Dundalk. Correct. Yes. Two minutes is definitely a goer. I think I got 4 or 5 there. I had a bad, a terrible start. Terrible start. terrible start. 
Let me just add, add up your score there. You got uh, you got the first four wrong, then you got one, two, three. Couple of guesses. You got four correct. And you know what? You're you're a, you're a sleeping. You're a fucking. You're a dirty, rotten rat, is what you are. Because look <laughs> at this when he puts at the end. Six players have have played every game. Look at the amount of reading involved in that. <laughs> look at that. It's like a fucking. Par- it's two hundred and fifty words in a paragraph. It's not suitable for a two-minute quiz. I'll give you that. Nah, that was, that was what I liked it. That's what the people wanted, Gary. It, they made, wanted it you. muddled me up because I I I just said Dylan Watts because the first name I saw. I saw the clock. I saw Dylan Watts. I went Dylan Watts. Who was the answer again? The Who's answer was and, Andy Lyons. Oh, for fuck's sake. The people want to be entertained, Gareth, so... <laughs> two minutes left. Are you not entertained? <laughs> right, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we... As of now, we don't know if we have a Hungarian correspondent or it's going to be me and the Prof Shai talking. So, here it is. So, we're joined now by Kevin McCluskey. Uh, he's a football writer based in Budapest, a.k.a. Magia Boy, on Twitter. So, uh, welcome to the show, Kevin. Excellent. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're originally from Scotland. When did you make your way out to Hungary? Yeah, I moved out to Hungary five years ago. Five, five and a half years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, my wife is Hungarian. So she's the reason we moved. That and the fact that you don't get sunshine in Scotland and you do <laughs> in Hungary. So that's why we moved. And did you adopt a team over there when you moved? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I uh, excuse me. I kind of flirted about with a few teams at first. I actually decided I was not following Ferenc Varos because they're the biggest team. So I thought I'll give them a buy. And the team I've ended up choosing is a team called Vashash, who I up until this season were playing in the second division. They won won the league last season, so they're now up in the top flight. Yeah, you do a podcast dedicated to the second tier, don't you? I've done a few episodes of one, but it's just me rambling into a mic, so it's a <laughs> it's a very <laughs> very occasional podcast on that one. But uh, there is a there is a podcast that's dedicated just to Hungarian football, which is done by uh, the website that I do a bit of writing for HungarianFootball.com. So yeah, they do one that's um, again it's fairly occasional, maybe once a month, but there's something that goes out just dedicated to Hungarian football uh, in the English language. So we'll talk a bit about uh, Ferenc Varos. Um, could you just sort of give us a bit of background on them as a club, their history and, and recent history, I suppose? Yeah, so I guess um, historically Ferenc Varos has always been the biggest club in Hungary. Um, they consider themselves to be anti-establishment, but I don't think there's such a thing in Hungarian football. But they're basically anti-establishment because they've got the fan base from across the whole of the country basically um it's uh the city worker and then the farm worker then in the countryside everyone kind of unites and follows Friday as they're known so yeah historically the biggest club most successful club in Hungarian football um and in 1967 a guy called I'm gonna have to remember his name on this one Albert Florian won the Ballon d'Or so I think he, he won that ahead of I think Bobby Charlton came second Jinky Johnston was third and he's the only Hungarian that's ever won the Ballon d'Or so he's a very famous player the stadium um, was named after him wasn't it until it was demolished that's right yeah yeah they kind of obviously the original stadium it was renamed after him because I think he is he's, uh, he's the greatest ever player so he's very much revered in Hungary um, so yeah the stadium was named after him <laughs> excuse me They've never really been a big club in European football as such. Um, 
Eastern teams kind of struggled to make the footprint. Um, but domestically, I think they've won 33 titles. They've won the last three or four in a row now. Very strong side domestically. Um, and this season, they've come through uh, kind of the early rounds in the Champions League qualifiers. They looked pretty decent. And then came up against Carabag in the last round, who were just a different level. They struggled in that game. So hopefully, for you guys, there's a bit of a chance, maybe. Do you, would you have any um, knowledge about uh, the owner of uh, French Ferris? And would you have an idea of their sort of budget we'd be looking at that they would have? Yeah, Budget-wise, again, they are the um, the biggest spenders in Hungarian football by, by a long shot. Can I, ooh, very few clubs spend money in Hungary. It's a lot of free transfers that go around or it's nominal fees. You get a few clubs. Honved have started to spend money now. Mal Fehervar, who previously known as Videoton, had got a kind of wealthy back and spent a bit of money. But Ferenc Varos will go out and spend two, three million pounds on a player, and they'll do that a couple of times over a summer. And if they need to dig into the pockets in the January window, they're the one team that can do it. And that's why they're so successful at the moment because they have just been able to go in and and spend money. Um, a lot of Hungarian football is financed through. Government funding as well. There's a lot of money that comes in from the government side. Ferenc Varos have a, an owner that's close to Viktor Orban. So there's there's a, a good stream of money that comes into them, let's say, uh, and it's all it's all reinvested back in the playing squad. Uh, we mentioned the stadium there. It's, it was uh, somewhat recently built, uh, 22,000 capacity. What, what can Robbers fans expect from, from that ground and as well as the city in general, uh, the 100 or so travelling out this week? Yeah, uh, stadium-wise, as you say, it's about 22,000. I suspect it will be full, uh, full Sorry for this game because they generally do fill it for the European matches um, and uh, there'll be a bit of an atmosphere. There's um, behind one of the goals, it'll be the one to the left of the tunnel is where the main ultras group is located and they take up the whole stand behind the goals. And when they're in the mood for it, it's 90 minutes of singing from them and support. Uh, it can be quite intimidating, I think, if you're an opposition fan. There's usually some TIFO that goes up before the game. So, again, the opposition team comes out, sees this just wall of green and black. Uh, it can be quite intimidating. Um, the city itself, I think it, it'll be fine. You know, there'll be... Um, there's lots of places that you can go. As a fan, there's a few Irish bars dotted around the place. It's a very friendly city. I mean, I see I've lived out there for five years and I don't really speak Hungarian, but I get along very well with everyone. It's a very friendly place to be. I don't imagine there would be any trouble on the day of the game or anything like that. Uh, we didn't have any travelling fans to uh, Dublin for the previous round of North Macedonians. Um, would, how many would you expect to travel from um, Ferenc Varus over to Dublin for the second leg? Yeah, I, I suspect, I'm not sure how many tickets they'll get, but I would suspect they'll fill their allocation. They, again, this the ultras group that we've got does tend to travel, so they, they'll go to the away games. I think they took, um, they took more than their allocation out to Bratislava and the Champions League qualifier over there, which is obviously a bit closer, easy to get to, but they, they will travel in numbers. So I would imagine if they get a couple of hundred tickets, they'll get, you know, there'll be two, three, four hundred fans going out and they'll create an atmosphere when they're over in Dublin. And the Carabag game you mentioned there, beaten 3-1 in the second leg. 
um you said they were too strong what was the reaction in hungary to that result was it expected or yeah it wasn't expected no i think pre-match there was a lot of healthy respect for Karabag because they're another team in the region that spent a lot of money excuse me again yeah they've spent a lot of money invested in the team and i think everyone knew that this was going to be a step up in class from the previous qualifiers for Friday. I don't think people realised how good they were going to be. And then uh, the first goal that that Friday gave away in that game was just a, an absolute comedy of errors from the defence. So there's a long ball over the top that uh, sent a half Thelander, who's a new signing from the summer. He's, uh, he's just totally misjudged it, let the ball go over his head. His teammates dug him out a hole. Then he switched off again when he get, receives the, the pass back and uh, Karabag striker kind of steals in and scores. And from that moment onwards, the game's over for Thelanda. He's completely gone. His head's his head space is missing. And Karabag's forward line were just deadly. Everything they hit was on target. Um, and interestingly, every single shot they hit was low into a corner. And it, it must I think it was planned out. There was no shot that went a high, no shot went to the middle, everything was in a corner and they scored three goals and thoroughly deserved the win. Um, have you read or, or seen anything on TV or, or the media about what uh, Ferenc Virus are saying about Roberts? Has the manager or staff come out with anything? What sort of opponent did they expect Roberts to be and did they expect to, to beat us, I suppose, and qualify? Yeah, so again, this is, um, you get the usual these games I think the healthy respect kind of thing they they'll, uh, they expect a difficult match that Rovers will come over and maybe try and shut up shop a little bit and look to take the game back home for the second leg and basically the, the view here is that Shamrock Rovers will be happy if the game's still alive going into the second leg um, but that Ferenc Varos should be strong enough to put it to bed in the first leg that actually they're pretty confident that they can that they can get a, a pretty good result on Thursday night um, and again that's to go back to your previous question about the reaction after Karabag yeah they had respect for them but they also expected to win that match so um, as they lost that and then they didn't this is now two seasons in a row when Champions League football's gone you can already tell that the fans here want more than just domestic success so there's, the, there's a little bit of tension growing already that this season you know, before they've even played the third league match of the season, isn't going to live up to expectation. So I think they'll be really up for the game and know that they have to get a good result on Thursday. Otherwise, the fans and the media could turn on them. Based on their, their European achievements the last three seasons, group stages in all three years, one Champions League, two Europa League, they're guaranteed conference now, but do they expect group stages every year now, nothing less? There, they do. Uh, Sergei Rebrov, when he was in charge, he changed the mentality of the club. Prior to him, it was um, it was a German Thomas Dahl that was the coach. Um, it was fairly mediocre, to be honest. He was uh, he, decent domestically, but they were never the powerhouse. Rebrov came in and just he changed everything about the club. Very professional. His his whole ethos was about winning games of football, and it didn't have to be pretty. It was let's go and win the game of football. And that's why they got so far as they did in Europe under him. Because to say he didn't care about playing fancy football and a qualifier. 
it was what I'd need to do to win a game 1 0 and get to the Champions League group stages or get to the Europa League group stages. And it's now the expectation that that's where they belong. Last season, going out of the Europa League with zero points and especially losing the two games to Celtic, that was an absolute disaster for them because they expected to finish at least third in that group and to beat Celtic home and away because they'd done it the previous season at Celtic Park. So there's um, there's big expectation with them now, for sure. And they they believe that they are, at worst, a Europa League group stage team, but aiming to be Champions League group stage. Yeah, you're actually a Celtic fan, aren't you? Were you at that game at Celtic Park two years ago? And was that considered a big shock? Yeah, I was fortunate not to be at that game <laughs> at Celtic Park two years ago. Uh, I, I had to watch it in Budapest, so I don't know if that was any better or not. Um, yeah, that was that was a shock in a sense, but again, uh, it was uh, it was not as big a shock uh, in Hungary as it was in Scotland and probably in the UK. In Scotland, I think Celtic, uh, so the Scottish press had written Ferenc Varos off as being nobody's. I'll say over here. So in Hungary, the view was it's a tough game. We'll probably lose it. However, if we score first. With no fans at Celtic Park, we've got a chance. That was Rebrov's game plan, and it worked to a tee. They scored first, and Celtic had no answer. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was treated as a huge result, and then that's the one that just raised the bar for them. And they thought after that, you know what, we should consider ourselves to be a big club and a club that deserves to be at that stage. I was just checking their top goal scorer last year. It was uh, Ryan Mee with 13 goals and Moroccan forward. His his brother Sammy is there as well, a defender. Who would you consider the most dangerous players in this team? Uh, yeah, definitely Ryan Mee is up there with them. Um, I think he, he got injured around about mm, November time last season. Didn't really feature much in the second half of the campaign. So that he got 13 goals and was still the top goal scorer, I think shows from his side of things anyway, just how good he is. He's a quality player. Um, I, I think if he hadn't got injured last season and he'd have moved on in the summer because he's too good to play in Hungary, his movement up front um, as a centre forward that kind of pulls left more often than not is frightening. He's, he's got a really good forwards brain about him. He knows how to lead the line very well. So he's a big threat. Um, but the, really the rest of the front three and then I mean to be honest I could list the whole team as being a threat because they, they do have a lot of good players but they've signed a guy uh, Adama Traore not the one of Wolves and Barcelona fame but someone who's equally as fast I think and he plays on the, the right hand side of the front three he's scored maybe four or five goals already this campaign through Europe and domestically he's a big threat another strong wide player who's got that ability to play through the middle on the last defender um i'll always mention Pogmak, the the boy that scored the goal at celtic park a couple of years ago another player that's always seemed destined to move on to a bigger league but for one reason or another it never happened so he's another kind of fast mobile center forward but then as you go back with that team as well they've got guys um like Dooney and Zachariasen, who will play the kind of attacking midfield role to creative players, big, strong players, comfortable in the ball. Again, have that ability to move in beyond the last 
uh, beyond the forward on into the defence. So there's a lot of threats from midfield going forward. Um, but I'll point out that defensively, I think there's hopefully a chance that I'll say hopefully because uh, I'm not a Ferenc Varos fan. Hopefully there's a chance that you can get in and then get behind them because they like to push the two fullbacks up quite high, especially Wingo on the right-hand side. And once he gets up, he can be a little slow to track back. So in that kind of right-back area, and that's where Tobol, the uh, Kazakh side they played in the first qualifying match, had a lot of success in that area. So they're a strong side going forward. They play an attacking game, but they can be suspect at the back at times. Yeah, the manager there is, uh, he, he led Russia to the World Cup in 2018. He was there for five years. You've kind of touched on his style there. He's, he's been in since December. So has he already sort of stamped his uh, authority on this team at this stage? He really has, yeah. Um, so to take it back, obviously, Rebrov was the manager a couple of seasons ago and he played a very strict kind of 4-3-3 formation every week. Um, and as I said, for him, it wasn't about being fancy. It was about going out and winning the game. That wasn't good enough after a while for the fans. Although it brought success, they wanted a manager that would play good football. So they brought in uh, the Austrian Peter Stoger. He came from, I think it was it's either Austria or Rapid Vienna. I will get the two mixed up. I think it's uh, I think it was Austria, Vienna. And uh, yeah, he got off to a poor start um, straight away because Freddy has a fan friendship with Rapid Vienna. So he'd come from the rival side there. Yeah. But he also played 4-3-3 a bit more expansive um, didn't really get the results was moved on and uh, so yeah Cherchisov's come in and he's taken it at that next level again he's, he's pretty much reshaped the squad since he came in um, I think they made three four signings in January uh, on top of the signings that they'd made the previous summer he's made another three or four signings this season and the team is it's in his mould now and as, as I say, he, he likes to start off with the 4-3-3, but when they're in attack, I mean, basically it's uh, it's kind of like a 2-3-5 with the wing-backs really pushed up high. Yeah, they've won uh, four league titles in a row, uh, won the league by 12 points last year, and they've started well, two wins out of two. So aside from the carrot bag result, are they pretty happy with how things are shaping up at the moment? Yeah, they are. Like you say, um, domestically, yeah, they've won two out of two. Uh, they're actually to the top of the table now right, with six points from their, their two games, but everyone else in the league has played three. So they actually, the top of the table, with a game in hand at this stage of the season, that's ominous for everyone else. You can see them running away with the title here. So they're very happy with that start. Um, but as I say, they want to be Champions League, and that's where they see that they should be. So there is still that bit of disappointment that they didn't make it, that Carabag knocked them out. That's that's hit them hard because, yeah, as I say, it's, it's a tough game, but it's when they felt they should have won. So and this is where I, I will come back to again. If the game is still alive going into the second leg, the press over here, I think we'll have a real field day at Friday because they expect them to win this match and get it done and dusted in the first leg. So if it's still alive, you can start to see pressure building and domestic success won't be that important if they don't have it in Europe as well. 
the uh, the North Macedonian expert I had on two weeks ago, he predicted a 4-1 aggregate win over Rovers when I asked him. And we ended up winning 5-2. So he had some egg in his yeah. face. So with that in mind, uh, your <laughs> prediction for this tie. Oh, my God. Thanks for that. Right. So <laughs> to get the egg on my face. Oh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen any Shamrock games this season. So I don't know uh, how accurate I'll be with this. I think... I think uh, Friday will be too strong in Budapest because they have to win the game. I can see them winning be 2-0, 2-1. Um, and I'll go one all in Dublin. So 3-2, 3-1, Friday overall, I'm afraid. I, I think they will just be too strong. I hope I'm wrong, but I think they will be too strong. Well, it sounds like you think it'll be tight anyway, not, not far one. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, as I say, without having watched Shamrock Rovers uh, <laughs> this season, I don't know how accurate that is. But from watching Friday, I know they're really good going forward, but they do have a bit of a weakness at the back. Uh, you know, I know that you put the five past Scoopy, if I've got the pronunciation right, in the last round. They're a half-decent side. Shamrock Rovers has done pretty well in Europe over the last three, four seasons, I think, if I'm right, kind of punched above the weight. Um. And you never write anyone off in a European game. I think you're foolish if you do that. Shamrock Rovers will raise their game for this as much as Froddy will. And if they take the foot off, uh, sorry, take the eye off the ball a little bit, I'm quietly confident that you can take advantage of that. That's great stuff, Kevin. Thanks so much for your insight today. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. see you soon. Yes, no worries. Thanks for having me on, Carl. Cheers. There so some good stuff, but just in, on a similar vein as well. But it's been, because of the notorious hooliganism that exists within Hungarian football, registration is now a big thing in in Hungary where you have to get cards, an ID card. Some of them have retina scans and then some of them have vein and hand scans. Did you say vein? Vein scans, right? So here's an article from Planet Football and it just says that this is a guy who's, who's actually experiencing an away game. So he's going to Ferdinand Varos. And he um, he goes in to get his ticket. So put your hand here, says the clerk. He says he doesn't know why here he is. On the counter is a black donut shaped bit of plastic with finger grooves on one side. He assumes it's some kind of fingerprint scanner. So I push my hands into the grooves, only to be told that's not correct. He says grip it. So the fingers are now hooked over the edge of the plastic. And apparently he's all set. So later he learns that this contraption is made by a Hungarian company called Biosect. And is taking a snapshot of his palm and his veins. So that's how to identify people in football. So if you have been flagged, any sorts of trouble, uh, that's what you're you're in for. So the I think what happened was eventually, um, so Ferenc Varos were one of the clubs that was brought in because of, and it's more about the fanatical fans and with racist overtones and the right wing element side of things. So that's why they brought this in. They're trying to eradicate that. So they're not targeting people who run. From the stand onto the pitch and challenge Dutch goalkeepers. No, I don't think so. I think they get away with it. But right. um, that's yeah, a little insight into Hungarian football. And I knew about this a couple of years ago. as a Hungarian or two in the job, and they were telling us about it. So um, yeah, it's, it must have spiraled out of control. Ferenc Faris, the squad, as you'd expect, packed with internationals from Hungary, Bosnia, and uh, a lot of African players as well. So you got. Four from Bosnia, you got uh, five from Hungary, 
uh, Besic, the former Everton midfielder. I think people would know him. Yeah, maybe he's, best of he's all. a big, 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 bit of a name there, all right. Yeah. They have an American player called Henry Wingo, who has played for the following teams. Uh, firstly, in college, the Washington Huskies. <laughs> Henry Wingo, he must have been off to a flyer, was he? Then, uh, Puget Sound Gunners, <laughs> formerly known as the North Sound Seawolves. Then, Seattle Sounders. Then, Tacoma Defiance. And then, finally, Mold. In Norway. Can we just have a <laughs> Seattle Rovers? Can we have Seattle United? Something simple. Doesn't have to be catchy. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, some stats. Uh, like you heard there in the quiz. John Cody scored our goal against the Hungarians. Hanved in 1985. Uh, he also played in a, a League of Ireland Olympic side. Against Hungary at Milltown. Uh, which actually got him his move to Chelsea. Funny yeah. enough. Because he impressed that day. Um, found a few links there uh, Bogdan who is their reserve goalkeeper him and Joey O'Brien spent four seasons together at Bolton oh there's a fucking link if there ever was one 2007-2011 and after Liverpool he joined Wigan in 2016-17 at the same time as Jack Byrne so they were teammates for a year Chris McCann just left then so he wasn't a teammate of his down, this that's a new segment down the rabbit hole yeah and uh, some Rovers stats um, Dundalk are the only club to win three ties in one campaign so we're looking to equal that uh, Bowes won four games last year um, we have won uh, we've equaled that we've got four um, Ronan Finn uh I think most people are aware he's just one game off Gary Rogers' record of 54. Ooh. But uh, he can also break another record. He's played 37 European games for Rovers. He can break Sean Gannon's record of 38 European games for a single club. Oh, it's coming. That was done. It actually is coming. Yep. Um, so we won both legs of a tie, uh, which we haven't done that often. Uh, done a few times in the browser now. We've done two to... Uh, Starnan 2017 and uh, what else we got um, like you heard in the quiz there Manus 94 clean sheets he's now 3 off Barry Murphy's league record ah, he's gonna do it he's gonna do it prof. 113 all competitions he's 7 off Alan O'Neill's all competitions record um, so like I said we've won 4 games now we had never won 3 games in one European campaign. So even at three we broke a record. And uh, now it's up to four. Uh, we've won two ties. For only the second time ever. In one campaign. The Rebels 2011. We're uh, just breaking records everywhere. Yeah. The potential records being broken. Like the tweet we mentioned earlier. Brazzer's 11th win in 25 games. Um, what else we got? Yeah, the last time um, Dan McDonald kind of pointed this out. He noted that in Robert's European games, whoever wins the first leg tends to go through. For some reason, so I went. I went back. How far did you go back? Bob? I went back as far as twenty fifteen, because Cranus was a draw, and Partizan was a draw on the first leg. So I was looking at more like wins and losses. Cranus, fuck's sake. 
So I'll go back to 2015, right? Progress, uh, Niederkorn, and then the uh, the Norwegian side. We've played 14 two-legged European ties. In 12 of those, Come on. the team who won the first leg, or sorry, in 12 of those, somebody won the first leg. And that team went through on every occasion. Oh, 12. Similar. So, this reminds me of your stats about Penos, about taking the force. <laughs> yeah. So 12 out of 14. So the exceptions were <clears throat> the exceptions were Bran. That was a 2-all draw on the first leg. And we, but we still went through. And Apollon, we won in the first leg and went out. Um... I believe that was our latest goal in Europe. I can't imagine there being ever a later goal than Gary O'Neill. ever will be either. 97 the minute. The early, Andre Pio, get up out that. The earliest was Richie Purdy, 6th minute against Aldi Spar, 1998. And I actually interviewed Richie Purdy in this week's programme about that goal. He said he got injured scoring the goal. He said it was a great header. Six minutes in. And he says there's a picture of him with a lump on his head forming <laughs> as he's celebrating with Derek Tracy. Big hematoma. And then he said he started seeing double and he had to be subbed off 10 minutes later. I remember hearing later. that before. I remember seeing, seeing double thing. I remember hearing mm-hmm. that. Uh, Alamanis made his 50th European appearance. That's Rovers, St. Johnson, Linfield. Uh, and Sean Gannon can make his 50th in the second leg. And we have now won 13 European ties. We're one behind the Docks record of 14. But we, uh, we, uh, we hold all the other records. Games won, games played, uh, goals scored. And um, like I said about winning the two legs, seven out of nine times that Rover has won away from home. This is in history now. Seven, we've won nine away games in Europe. Seven times out of nine... We also won the home league. Oh, ho, 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 ho. So that was a pattern there, isn't it? Prof with the stats. Prof with the stats. What's that stuff? What's it called again? <laughs> ASMR. I just say ADHD. <laughs> ASMR, yeah. So Prof with his ASMR segment. Uh, brilliant stuff. Um, yep, so we're going to move on to starting 11s and predictions. <laughs> But I'm going to go Manus and go. I'm going to go Grace Horgannon. Grace Horgannon. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to put Cleary in for this one. Cleary was superb in Macedonia. He was, but I think he's just a little bit far off at the minute, right? Um, Gannon is the most experienced player and decorated player in the league. Can't fall the back three in no. Derry for sure as well. Gannon, um, Gannon starts for me here. Gannon starts for me here. I'm going to go Lions on the left. I think I love that little pivot and turn that he has in his locker. It's unpredictable. And the way he can turn in. Do you know what I mean? Like you think he's going to hit it on his left, he'll turn in and he has that real quick turn of pace and he can whip it in with his right. I want Lions to pull that out of the bag here and I think we need a little bit of unpredictability in this game. So I think Lions out on that side with Bourke would work well. So I'm going to go Lions on the left, Finn on the right, Gary O'Neill and Watts in the middle. So Padre Pio in there with... Bork, Gaff and Green. Green starts for me in Europe. Like I said, it's experience. Can't have any, what do they call green players in here? Is that what they say? Any Anyone kind of unexperienced? I can't really think. The only other option I can have is Towel in there, which isn't going to happen. 
for me. Does anyway. this team pick itself because of the injuries? I, that's what I was thinking. It kind of does pick itself. It kind of does. The only thing is personal preference. Maybe Cavo could be, feel a little bit unlucky here. But where are you going to put him in? Are you gonna? The only option you could really have is if you're going to play Cavo instead of Watts for a little bit more. I don't know, a little bit more sturdiness in the middle, mm-hmm. and then you've Watts to bring on, or you could play Cavo on the left, Lions on the right, and drop Finn, which I'm not dropping Finn. So. Yeah, because Cavo's performance in, in the brand new bill and Cla- and Cleary's performance in Macedonia. Yeah. Uh, it would be harsh on those two to say the team picked itself, but in terms of Brands' strongest 11 that he tends to play in Europe, I think we're looking at that 11 yeah. there. I'm so I'd, gonna, I'd go with the same, yeah. I'm going to go one all draw. Take it back Ooh. to Tala. Take it back to Fortress Tala. You don't normally pick draws now. I've been very cautious and conservative with my European predictions so far, so. Be consistent. I'm gonna say we're gonna keep it alive. Oh. A one nil defeat. Okay, one nil defeat. Prof, I preferred you with shorts on. You are more you let loose <laughs> when you had shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the earlier kickoff. Do not forget five thirty Irish time. Bit of a nightmare. People getting home from work and things like that. I'm work myself, but I'll I'll find a way. Don't you worry. Um. Yeah. So five thirty Irish time. And it's of it's live on RT as well. But we're focused on Fed and Fadosin at the top of the table clash with Dundalk and Tala prediction for that one as well, prof. Dundalk and Tala didn't impress me last time. He was two one, wasn't he? Um out there. But what was the what was the one? One nil and Oriel. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say two nil. I'm gonna say a goal in each half, one from a set piece, whore. And I I I'll say I'll say a Gaffney masterpiece as well. So I, th- I think we, I'm really confident. On paper now, post, like I'm, I'm taking the first first game out of it, you know what I mean? I'm thinking of the team, bar, I'm not even going to touch, I'm going to touch wood, whatever happens in the first first game, but I'm really confident for the Dundalk game and I think we'll put a bit of space between us and them. If we do beat them, we'll go seven points clear level on games. Yeah, if we beat them, we go seven clear. If they beat us, they'd be one point behind. Uh, I'll be, we have a game in hand. So that's it's, too it's, close for my liking. Man. Yeah, it's now it's a big one. Um, I am not to be boring, but I also have the same prediction two nil. Mm. Um, yeah. So Sunday seven pm kickoff. I can't recall the Sunday game. It suits me because I'm working. God, I'm working till about six. I'm happy with that. That was the old Saturday kickoff times. But um, when was the last time we had a Sunday at seven? It's obviously got to do with the recovery time from Hungary. Um, so in one sense, I kind of I anticipated that this this would happen, Ari. Yeah. So yeah, seven o'clock, prof. Like you said, strange, strange one. I, I, I that's what I put into the chat, into the fifties WhatsApp group. Was like, can anyone remember a seven o'clock kickoff here at all? It's very, very strange. Yeah. I remember, um, seem to remember Dundalk or Madrid maybe coming on a Sunday, but Ray Whedon has refused to do curry on religious grounds. On religious grounds, yeah. Um. Yeah, so get you our program, Prof. This one is deadly. Nostalgia from Prof. An ode to Airtel. And if anyone's of our, uh, of our the same, same ages <laughs> as us, Airtel was huge growing up. 221, 222, whole button, cinema listings. <laughs> yeah. But the cinema listings we were talking about off air was the a disaster. You could have 20 cinema. I'd be waiting, getting the 83 down at Stanaway <laughs> Avenue, Prof. 
jumping up in the classic and Harold's Cross half time going out and getting more sweets um, and I had more to it than I remembered uh, Sun holiday offers and everything what's on now think, gossip Mystic Meg what's, what's the name of the <laughs> fucking, fucking manager who had a, a travel agency Ray Tracy Ray Tracy I'm not really sure yeah. I remember seeing Ray Tracy travel on Airtel but anyway yeah. it was it's brilliant check out the programme it's it's absolutely top class it just delves deep into it'll trigger your nostalgic bones in your body and I have some uh, something to reveal in this podcast here. Come on, Prof. Now, the programme, I bring up the programme quite a bit in this podcast. And there was apprehension from within the team at the start of the season about raising the price to €5. Euro. We were a bit concerned about this. On one hand, we were confident in our in the, in the, the content we put out, but it's been €4 euro for so many years now. And now raising to five. Go on. Uh, there was a page increase as well, obviously. Um, and then you got everything with, with social media. Uh, like everything is like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that now. Some clubs, like some clubs, are considering stop doing programs or at least just going full time online, oh, not doing printed programmer. So the print the program could be. Programs in general in the league could be going that direction. So, with all that in mind, right? The program this year, its first year with a one euro increase to five euro. All the challenges for social media. Inevitably, Gar, sales for Hoopscene have substantially gone. Up through the fucking roof, prof. I'm not surprised. They went up I'm a not lot. Surprised. When is our cut coming in? Ten <laughs> percent. Now that says I'm a surprised, man. Think that about says the quality. a lot about the content. The quality that you put in, extra pages, an extra euro. Who gives a fuck, man? I say a lot of people even gave it back anyway. You know, when you, ha- I think that was that's part of the trick, isn't it? You know, it's mm-hmm. a fu- it's it's four euro. Or here's the five hold the euro. Unbelievable content, and once again, it's going through the roof. Brilliant stuff, not surprised whatsoever. Well done to all of the contributors. Contributors or contributors? Yeah, tomatoes, madam. Controversies or controversy? Controversy. <laughs> um, so we've two special guests. Very tasty guests coming up, Prof. Extremely tasty ones. Someone can be a bit salty. Uh, in the lair next week, so these chaps did all three tips, trips to Malta, Bulgaria, North Macedonia. And they'll be in Hungary as well. I doubt we'll be hungry. <laughs> yes, so you can look forward to that one. And it is a big, big week for us. Big, big couple of months for the hoops. And looking forward to it. Safe travel to all of the hoops going over to Budapest. Stay on your wits, lads. And uh, yeah, so we are really, really looking forward to this one. So if we don't see you uh, before then, we'll see you in the south stand. And keep on hooping. See ya. <laughs> Škodou stona oravu, spěchám proto riskuji, projíždím přes moravu, řádí tamto strašidlo, vystupuje z bážin, žere hlavně pražáky, jmenuje se Jožin. Jožin z bážin, močálem se plíží, Jožin z bážin, k vesnici se blíží. Jožin z bážin, už si zuby brousí, Jožin z bážin, kouše sa jerdousí, na Jožina z bážin, koho by to napadlo? 
platí jen a pouze práškovací letadlo. Projížděl jsem dědinou, cestou na Vizovice, přivítal mě předseda, řekl mi u Slívovice, živého či mrtvého, Jožina kdo přivede, tomu já dám za ženu, dceru a půl jezede. Jožin z Bážin, močálem se blíží, Jožin z Bážin, k vesnici se blíží, Jožin z Bážin, už si zuby brousí, Jožin z Bážin, kouše za jerdousí, na Jožina z Bážin, koho by to napadlo, platí jen a pouze, prašku a světadlo.